Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Guess what day it is? Huh? Hump day! Good morning, everyone. Happy Hump Day from the opening drive on 101 ESPN in St. Louis. It's 7 o'clock. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis is here. Matthew Rocchio is here. I'm Randy Carricker, and it's great to have you with us as well. We'll be here until 10 o'clock. And we're going to talk to Adam Wainwright at the bottom of the uh, eight o'clock, uh, nine o'clock hour. As we uh, did, I say we're going to be here till ten. I hope I did. You did. Okay. Yes. yes. I just didn't want to mess up. But we're going to have Adam at the bottom of the nine o'clock hour. Good morning, kids. How are we doing? Good morning. Well, it's a good rainy Wednesday. Did you guys get woke? Up? Matthew and I both got woke up. We were yes. separate, but we, we got woke up <laughs> by the by the thunder. Yeah. That's so, thank you together. for clarifying. <laughs> <In> separate voices. <laughs> yeah. I, I knew you guys were close. I didn't know you, know you guys were that close. Oh my gosh! Oh. <laughs> I, woke us up. It does not wake me up, Randy. Oh, that's I, good. I sleep. Really? I, I, when I'm sleep, like that doesn't wake me up. But the the smallest sound in the house, like something, mm. the floor creaking, I'm like, what the hell is going on? But thunder doesn't. like yeah. Nature. Yeah. Good for I'm you. Good yeah. No, I wake up super easily for every little thing, even the small noises too, yeah. because we live in an older house. And so every little creak, I'm like, I'm, I wake up, I'm like, what is that? What's going on? And then the thunder last night, yeah, that was, woke me up was, several times, and this morning. Yeah, and how about the thunder from? The uh, well, number one, the Enterprise Center, where the Blues they won. They beat the Columbus Blue Jackets by a score of three to one. This is official. The bulletin, the flash, apparently official. It's Jacob Verana, not Yakub. It's yes. Jacob. So, he changed it. He was doing promos for our station and said, "This is Jacob Verana of the St. Louis Blues, and you're listening to Come Blues on. Hockey." It's Jacob. He, he, didn't official. he tell us it was Yakub when he first got here? I think change, things change. Okay. Yeah. Well, we just it's, I, so it is Jacob. It's Jacob. So yes. no one's going to get upset. Right. So Jacob Verana, Yakub Barnes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, That's what I, we decided. I, I like that. I like Yakub that. Barnes. Yakub Barnes. <laughs> <laughs> Jacob Verana. I know. I was listening to the cuts, and some of them were amazing. Pavel Buchnevich's oh, yeah. my favorite out of all of them. And, but yes, when he said Jacob Verana, I was like. 
excuse me? We were trying to actually get your name right. We were trying so, so hard. hard. Yeah, he's, he's bending to public pressure. He 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 did it. La- that's why he said it last year. He was like, "Well, I just I make it easy for people." And I'm and it's no. Mama oh, called you Yaku. We gonna call you Yaku. Here's the thing: when people <laughs> continuously mess your name up, mm-hmm. it, you you do try to. Well, look what the Dolphins running back did. Easier for you. Which yeah, one? Yeah, he had his De- big. Uh, yeah, Devon Chan. He, you know, <laughs> Roddy Brown. No, uh, Devon Chan. He was listed as Devon H. A. Chain in the Dolphins media guide. He has his big game after game. He goes, actually, it's pronounced A. Chan. Can we please go with that from now on? Oh man, and I like I would, that. I like that. I think you always go with A. Chain if you have the opportunity. I, I think so as well. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, the Blues uh, did get a goal from Jacob Verana in the first period last night, and that started an avalanche of goals. Right off the face-off, the Blues get the puck, shoot, and score. Verona. They drew a penalty. The referee's arm went off. It would have been a high stick as Sammy Blitt took a high stick off of that draw. The puck bounced into the slot. Verona found it and backhanded it in. 1-0 Blues. And the Blues had a 1-0 lead before Columbus tied it. Ratliff scoring for the Blues to make it 2-1. And then before the first period was out. Falk. Who had a career-high 50 points last season. Brings it over to Hayes to the goal line in front. There it is. Sundquist, he scores! Turning it right to the front of the net was Richie. Bounced it off the goalie. Sundquist found it in front. And the Blues make the Blue Jackets pay for the unsuccessful challenge. And it's a 3-1 St. Louis lead. Sonny came home. So the Blues come away with a 3-2 victory. And this is a team that is displaying grit early on. A fight last night. Uh, Richie got into a fight for the Blues. A lot of people trying to make the team. And one of the things to do to make a team when your coach is a former NHL enforcer is to be rugged and get in fights. Punch somebody in the face. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's He happening. probably likes that. Yeah. I would I would say so. Yeah. Blues at Chicago to take on the hated Blackhawks tomorrow, and you'll hear that one here on 101 ESPN. Hopefully, Connor Bedard will play for the Blackhawks so the Blues can rough him up a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, you just want to rough hey, him up a little hey, bit? Buddy, welcome to the NHL. Oh, yeah. God. You got to have one of those moments. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's I know that it's just a preseason game, but as you mentioned, there was some highlights in there. Oscar Sundquist, I am so excited about him being in St. Louis for him to continue to make his mark. And the biggest thing to me is, his willingness to drive to the net. How many times did it feel like we heard Craig Berube say that last season where he was wanting to see more of that tenacity, the guy's willingness to do that last season, and Oscar already is making sure that he's doing that early on. Richie, I think, is somebody who's going to be interesting to watch here to see if he's able to factor into this discussion. And just something else for you guys, another bulletin. Remember how we were trying to figure out what Kevin Hayes' nickname is and what they call him? It's Hazy. Hazy. Okay. I, it's hazy. It's that. official so that we know it's hazy. I'm, I'm hazy? somehow not yeah, surprised, so. but I wish we had something different. Yes. Like hazy what? What, what, what? What were the other ones that we said? Kevy. Kevy. Kevy Cab. Yeah. yeah. Nah. Hazy yeah. Is, uh, is pretty good. It makes yeah. sense. You, you talk about uh, this Blues team and, and getting to the front of the net. Nick Ritchie has been a name that we have yeah. heard a lot of people talking about. Um, just... Him, Kevin Hayes, Didn't those he, guys. Were you married to Madonna at one time? I don't, I don't think that's the same. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's a different one. What a career he's had, huh? He's <laughs> been busy. Been around a while. <laughs> Seeing guys be aggressive, be more physical, get yeah. to the front of the net, 
not shy away. I, I said it last year. The thing that frustrated me most about, about this Blues team is when you watched us play, there were always people around the net. There were so mm-hmm. many people in front of Jordan Bennington. I'm like, how did, how did, how is he going to save a shot? Yeah. We never did that on the opposite end. And it was like, take notes from what what's happening to us. So hopefully this team is more than willing to be in front of the net, be more aggressive, not be bullied, not be pushed around. And when people are in front of your your goalie, get them the hell out of the way. Just play Craig Bruby hockey. It's yeah, pretty, pretty sounds, simple thing to do, right? Yeah, it sounds yeah, like the right way to play. Yeah. I wonder if there was times last season where Bruby was just about to go out there on the ice himself. I'll bet there were. I'll bet there were. <laughs> he looked like, like yeah. what are y'all doing? <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, your last place St. Louis Cardinals. Sorry to yeah. point out facts, but I Wait, just, I just Eddie, did. But they won. They beat Milwaukee last night. No, let's no. not clap for that. Wait a minute. Well, yeah, I looked on the on the homepage of ESPN. Exciting. You know what they have on there for the what? Cardinals? They have the Brewers celebrating in their clubhouse. Yeah. Womp, womp. Hey, but at least they didn't celebrate on the field. Womp. And then just a little bit later, they got to celebrate in the clubhouse. I don't, I don't know that that matters. Clubhouse <laughs> celebration is better anyway. <laughs> That's yeah. what Miles Michaelis said. He yes. said he didn't want to see them celebrate on the field. And so if he was, was like, well, but they are so, uh, celebrating in the clubhouse. Uh, Brewers did take the lead, and you assume that when they take the lead that they're going to uh, win the game against the Cardinals. But in the fourth inning, the Cardinals put a couple of runners on. Tommy Edmond, Lars Zutbar, and Richie. 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 On the ground, in. and that's a fair ball. One run will score. Here comes New to round third. He's getting waved as the ball ricochets into shallow right. Richie Palacios comes through in the clutch, and the Cardinals have taken a two to one lead. Cardinals got a couple of more runs in the fifth. A sacrifice flyby. And then uh, Tommy Edmond with a holo, uh, solo home run later on. The Cardinals win it by a score of 4-1. to one. Go Redbirds into the offseason. Five games left. I, uh, <laughs> I, got a, I got a serious question. Yes. How many of these players that are on the this roster right now, position players, mm-hmm. are going to be on this roster next year? Man. <laughs> I, I, I want to know. I'm, I'm, here's the thing. Okay, it's cool that they're getting major league service. I'm time. happy that they are, but yeah. how many yes. will be okay. here in 2024? Okay. I can give what you some mean? names. Siani, uh, he's going to be here, I, right? I don't no. think so. Uh, for me, Juan Yepes, is he here? No. Uh, is it, uh, Irving Lopez? I haven't. I haven't seen him play. Irv. Big Irv. Uh, no. Big Irv. Yeah, that's yeah. Luke and Baker. Is Luke in here? Where is he? Where? No, where? He's not. Here. Okay, he's not here. Jose uh, Fermin. Jose Fermin. No. No. Uh, Irv. Juniel. Cu- Cu- how do you say it? Cuercudo. Uh, Cuercudo. I don't know how I forgot his name. It's such an easy name name to remember. Yeah, so, I know, right? It just rolls right off the tongue, <laughs> doesn't it? <laughs> First name threw me off. Or I never called him that um, one. Cian, five. Yep, has at least six. Is Palacios here? Yeah, I think that I Palacios think to needs to be in the discussion. At, where is he going to be? He's going to be in he, the conversation for well, outfielders. They got four, but and, and if there was conversation about Wilson, maybe again. <laughs> well, you got the. Here's the thing about this off season. What do you do with Dylan Carlson? Very good question. That's a fantastic you can't, question. Can't trade him. I mean, nobody's going to take him. But you you also have Burleson and Palacios in that battle for a fifth outfielder job. And Tyler O'Neill. He's out here. He does. He's not tendered. He's not here. He's, he's not coming back. Hundred percent non-factor. Yes. We said that at. We said that when he came back but, after being injured before the All Star, before now, the uh, trade deadline. Boris Guy organization doesn't really like him that much. Non-tender all the way. Okay. Heading yeah. into his last year before and free agency. He if he's be. in spring training, what is Randy I'll be stunned. I'll be absolutely stunned. I'll, I'll 
I'll say, I'll say to, I'll go to, I'll go to Mo and say, Mo, why the face? <laughs> we're going to be in spring training this year. Oh, yeah. We're getting that oh, in the works. Yeah, we are. We're going to yeah. go to that. Yeah, and we do. We'll, we'll see it for ourselves. Yep. Who uh, was there? Interesting comments yesterday, by the way, from Ken Rosenthal, who appeared on the Foul Territory podcast, and he was asked which teams would be good fits for free agent Blake Snell. The likely National League Cy Young Award winner, Blake Snell. Now, if you're a team with a need at the top of the rotation, which is pretty much every team, Blake Snell looks really good right now. 1.20 ERA in his last 23 starts. That is Gibson-esque. He is a guy who is at the top of his game. I'll give you some teams where I think he fits really well. St. Louis Cardinals. Hello. They need multiple starting pitchers. So there's Blake Snell. Okay, Kenny, baseball insider from The Athletic. You've got Blake Snell. Great fit in St. Louis. What about Aaron Knoll of the Philadelphia Phillies, though? But he is a guy who is a top of the rotation starter when right. So certainly I can see a lot of teams wanting to get in on Aaron Nola. All of those teams that I mentioned that need starting pitching, St. Louis, Boston, you name it, right down the line, the Dodgers, the Astros, they all should be on Nola. The Phillies, I would imagine, would entertain bringing him back as well. His postseason is going to be important for him because he's had this kind of inconsistent year. If he puts it together in the postseason, people are going to see the good Aaron Nola, the Aaron Nola that he's been for most of his career, and they will be intrigued. So this is Ken Rosenthal, who has his ear to the ground in Major League Baseball, listing the Cardinals number one for Snell and listing the Cardinals number one for Nolan. Now, that doesn't mean anything in terms of the Cardinals getting him, but obviously the buzz around the industry is that the Cardinals are going to be in the hunt for big big fish in in this sea and that uh, they're getting word out there, at least, that they'll be interested in these guys. Do you believe it? I well, I want to believe I it. I think I, I think they'll try. I want I think they'll try. Now is that satisfactory? No. No. Not whatsoever because it feels like there's been conversations in the past when it comes to the off season and then saying, "Oh, we're going to test the waters with this." But here's the thing is it's very clear that you have to do something this offseason. You have to go and get something. I think the Blake Snell one is kind of intriguing because I feel like I don't know if if it is exactly the right fit for the Cardinals organization because we had talked about before how he doesn't exactly go deep into games, right? That's that's the thing. And so then you have maybe some concerns with that, but... Is he more of that swing and miss that you're looking for that they were kind of hinting towards with this pitching philosophy? Is that what the thought process is? It's a dilemma. It's a conundrum. It's a riddle. We don't know. It's, they do need somebody. It's, it's you know a Dr. Seuss Su- yeah, rhyme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They, they need Bob Gibson. They well, need somebody that will give them both innings and strikeouts. That, that was troubling for me because he said it's Gibson-esque. And so I, well, I went, just the ERA. Just the ERA. Oh, he wasn't, he was the, just yes. talking about the yeah, ERA. He yeah. wasn't talking about everything else. Right. Because the innings pitched are... Uh, Exactly, Gibson-esque. Okay, yeah, no. uh, not even. Blake Snell is not coming back on one day's rest to help you win a division okay. All right. and throw in a complete game. Right. I don't yeah. think so. so. I, they do. The Cardinals respect. do. The Car- our, our air quotes. Yeah. The Cardinals do need a pitcher. They need. They need a couple of them. Yeah. And Maybe so, four. probably. Uh, but the question is is going to be, as I said, a are they willing to spend money? B are they willing to trade pieces that are here to go get someone that is on a roster currently? And and what see if they don't, what are they going to do? We'll be in the same position that we are in this year. Yeah. Because Graceffo and McGreevy have not been here. 
I don't think you've seen enough from anybody. CD-ROM uh, from Zach Thompson, Zach with Matthew Libertor. <laughs> I don't think you've seen enough from any of those guys to say, yeah, that's a that's a fourth starter. No. That's a fifth starter for, for 2024. So you have to, again, this offseason, I don't know, Randy, you tell me. This, this it feels, maybe because we're in the moment, but this feels like one of the most important offseasons in Cardinals history, in, in recent Cardinal history memory that I can think of. I, I can't think of an offseason that would matter, that matters as much as this one does. For me, guys, as somebody who's followed the franchise, and it was down when I was a kid. They, they were down until Whitey got here. Uh, from 1970 to 1981, uh, when they had the best record in the division. I think 2024 is a watershed year for the Cardinals. With the competition coming from St. Louis City SC, with where baseball is right now, if the Cardinals are bad again next year, all of a sudden Cardinal Nation isn't Cardinal Nation. Mm -hmm. It's, It's not the best fans in baseball. It's not $3 million a year. I think that's how important 2024 is for the Cardinals. Well, because then that proves that this is not just a one-off year that we're experiencing, that there's a lot of things that have been leading up to this point that is more on the organization. And ESPN put out last night, and I was telling you guys about this, is that this is the first time in 30 years that the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Cardinals won't be in the postseason. That's amazing. That's crazy in itself. And if you look at where those other teams are at, they're also going to be looking for starting pitching. That's something that Ken Rosenthal mentioned. This is not going to be a cheap offseason, and you have have to and not just test the waters but go and spend the money because there is no other answers at this point for the Cardinals no doubt no doubt Brooke Carrie Randy and we're off and running here on 101 ESPN on hump day and that means it's ask uncle Randy day that's right you can text into the air comfort text line 314-399-9646-314-399 if you have a question about life in general if you have a question about sports if you have a question about the fall if you have a question about as we head, head towards the holiday season, maybe you have a relationship question, a job question. That's what Uncle Randy is here for, to provide sage advice for you. Get your text in now, and I will be more than happy to answer your question next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Got a question for Uncle Randy? Let him dive into his infinite well filled with wisdom to find you answers. Text 314-399-9646. It's Ask Uncle Randy on 101 ESPN. something i've been around you know there we go it's time for ask uncle randy on 101 espn yeah if you have uh, any questions about life in general uh, feel free to drop a text right now and uh, we'll we'll try to help you out all right matthew has the questions of the morning matthew what do you got for us Sorry, the music was oh, off. Fine. I had you to fix push it. that button. Mm-hmm. And no, I had, I had to move a, yep. move a slider. <laughs> yeah, yeah, punch a dial, twist it, whatever. <laughs> Do you have a radio? Was there ever a time in your career in radio where you were self-conscious of your own voice? I was recently on a blues podcast and listening to it back made me cringe. Yes, totally. Even now, I don't like listening to myself. I don't. Yeah, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, it is. <laughs> so, yeah, I am conscious. I'm more conscious. I try to be more conscious of what I say because sometimes I'll get into a pattern where I will say one word too much and I have to get away from it. 
But totally, if I were to listen to a recording of this show on my way home, I would absolutely be self-conscious about hearing my own voice. It's strange, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. I've, I've heard actors that don't watch their own movies. Like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's something weird about... When you're in the moment, you feel fine. But when you go back, you're so critical of your own self and like, ah, why did I say that? Oh, what was right. I thinking? Because you think about more things after you're done talking. I, I, have, <laughs> I have heard myself, oh, that sounds weird. Yeah, and you don't want to go back and like harp on yourself too much because then it will get into your head when yeah. you need to be free flowing. It's that's mm-hmm. just what it is. I on my YouTube channel that I had for TV stuff, I kept my very first college resume reel. So oh, if wow. anybody wants to go back and you want to talk about self conscious, it is so bad and terrible. But I keep it up there so people can see that you can, you just have to keep so, working on yeah. it. It will take a while. Everybody, the first time they hear themselves on TV, whatever form of broadcast, you're like, whoa! I didn't realize. Like, I sound like that. And you don't. It's just that sometimes when you're presenting yourself in a broadcast format, it just comes out a little different. You're nervous. You don't know how to inflect properly. And I had a little bit of a southern twang, too. So. A little southern twang. A little southern a little twang. From your family. <laughs> family. <laughs> Here's the other part about this. We'll take yeah. you behind the curtain. Brooke is an incredible perfectionist. So, oh, God. <laughs> so I'm, uh, a little too much. I, it's, you, it's you, you two have seen my report cards. I'm not. Uh, I never have been. So it's this is a really hard thing to do, to speak for 15 hours a week and try to be absolutely perfect. But she does. It, 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 no. It no feels, far from it. Yeah, you, but you, no, try. you try, though. Yeah. Yeah. Trying. You, everybody tries. Yeah. 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 We're always going to miss a name, mess up somebody's, yeah. forget a name. Or, what's that guy? Who is that guy? Uh, Albert Pujols. Yeah. <laughs> and you were talking about, what was it, actors who didn't want to watch their movies? Yeah. I think it was Robert Pattinson. I don't think I would want to watch Twilight either. I just had to throw that out there. I just, I can't uh, believe it. Scorsese, that I just saw an interview with him, and he says he's never once sat down and watched a theatrical print of one of his movies. Wow, he's an idiot. Really? Because he's, he, goes, he's like, no, I'm, he goes, I'm Good done. Stuff. I'm done with the movie. I've never seen it too much. And I thought of this exact thing because he goes, I can't watch it. It's too personal. It's too embarrassing. Yeah. And I was like, that's the feeling I wow. get when I have to listen to myself on other shows. I'm like, I like I have like this weird sense of embarrassment when I listen to it again. I'm like, I'm going to say something stupid. Even though I know for a fact everything I said during the interview, I'm waiting for myself to screw up as I listen to it. And I think that's kind of what Scorsese's getting at. And I embrace mm. the stupid. There you go. Uh, Dear Uncle Randy, (laughs) my wife struggles with the idea of just browsing a store. Every time we are at Lowe's, she thinks it's a good time to remodel the kitchen like this is the Magnolia Network. How do I handle this issue? (laughs) Well, as long as she doesn't ask. What? David? David? Damn. Uh, I need to sit this one out, guys. I don't know. I I can't give advice on this one. No. Number one, it's always good to have new ideas, and it's always good to try to freshen up your home and maintain and enhance the value of your home. As long as she's not acting on it without uh, making it a partnership, I think everything's cool. But if she's saying things that she would like to do to improve your home, that's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. It's just you can't do it all the time. But it's not a bad thing to do it. Have a thing a year, and CD does a lot of uh, rehabbing yeah. of, of homes and stuff. Oh, yeah. it, it's a good thing to upgrade homes on a regular basis. It, it, it is. Uh, it's, it can be costly. Yeah. And so if you're, but, but if, if you, you do one thing a year, that's better, yeah, right? Yeah, no question. One thing a year. If you have. 
three, four, five multiple projects. Yeah. <laughs> you start to feel a little pain in your chest every time you open up your, your bank account. Is Home Depot like another home for you right oh now? Oh, my God. It's so much. The flip, side, a lot. No the flip side of this is the is like the, the other side is the wife who like hears a drill go off in her house and is like, oh, well, that's something that's going to be broken now because mm-hmm. the guy can't actually follow through on the on the project or he can't actually mm-hmm. fix the things he wants yeah. to. So there's two sides to that, that my, coin. Yeah. My cordless drill is one of my favorite investments. <laughs> oh, okay. They are amazing. Yeah, they are great. Yeah. Mm. It, it's surprising, isn't it? Yeah, but here, here, here we are. Little things. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Yep. Dear <laughs> Uncle Randy, I keep on suggesting Yoshinobu Yamamoto as a perfect fit for the Cardinals pitching needs, yet you guys never talk about him. Not, not true. How can I get you and the Cardinals <laughs> to take a serious look at him? I think we will, if we do not look at him, we'll miss out on another pitching version of Otani. Well, uh, let me tell you, first of all, that I have not seen the guy pitch. So let's just get that out there. The Cardinals have, and the Cardinals do a pretty good job in the Asian market. But if the Cardinals believe that he is a guy that's capable of being worth the cost, that's the one thing you have to keep in mind about the Cardinals. When Bill DeWitt started the analytics movement in baseball by bringing in Jeff Luno in 2003, his goal was to be able to put a definitive price tag on every single player. If the player fits the price tag, then the Cardinals will be in the hunt. One of the things that happens with Japanese players, and I don't know if this particular player requires a posting fee, but the Cardinals factor that in. So you can, and the Cardinals may be convinced, I guarantee you that they've seen him pitch, but now it's a matter of does the price that they have attached to him fit what they want to pay for him. And it seems like he is really good. I think that right now he has a 1.26 ERA, and I'm with that person. I would love to have Yamamoto here. I think out of the two of the Japanese pitchers that possibly a lot of people are looking at, if you're going to spend the money, I would love for it to be Yamamoto because it seems like he is the real deal. It's just that the projections right now I think are $200 million plus for him, mm-hmm. and that's where it's going to start out at, at a least 200 million for a, a big contract for him yeah. that's a lot Cardinal of money spending 200 million probably not on a guy that hasn't pitched in the majors what one of the things about japan too is that those guys pitch on uh in six-man rotations and the cardinals would have to kind of revamp what they do uh and then when they don't i mean otani's gonna have a second tommy john surgery right mm-hmm. and you you saw what happened to hideki harabu you saw what happened to nomo you saw what happened to dice k even you uh, Darvish has undergone the Tommy John, and he, he really became a horse and became a number one in a five-man rotation. But for, it seems like the majority of these guys, more than half, they never adjust to being in a five-man rotation. Mm-hmm. Uncle Randy, how do I convince someone to be more open to ideas from others, even when the one with the good idea may not be viewed as a quote-unquote equal by the other person? The way to do this, and you have to be... You have to be sly about it, but to make somebody open to others' ideas, you have to make them think that it's their idea. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, um, accepting someone? Pardon me? You just accept, did you just suggest accepting someone? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So if if here's just the thing, if, if somebody is not, yeah, not See, if open. it's for a good cause, it's okay, right? A little, yeah, a little manipulation. If it's for a good cause, yeah. it's okay. Morally ambiguous at the worst. Uh, it's yeah. Okay. This is good cause. Yeah. But just uh, and you don't even have to do it yourself. You can just have an underling float it. And so, for example, let's. Uh, Let's Use the Lowe's example. Tommy Batter's not listening to us right now. Is oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So what we do is we get John Kioski, our GM, who's also not listening. 
let's use spring training as an example. Okay. Uh, so I, I go to Kioski and I say, you know what? The Cardinals, they might not be great next year, but they're going to be compelling. They're going to be great programming. Great stories. And we're going to have a ton of stories in spring training. I think it would be a really good idea for us to go to spring training. And then John Kioski goes to Tommy Matter and says, you know, Cardinals going to be really compelling next year. <laughs> might not be a bad idea to send the opening drive to spring training just to check out the stories down there. And Tommy says, I don't know if we have it in the budget. And John Kioski says, well, take a look at it. So now all of a sudden, I'm out of it. <laughs> right? You did your part. Yeah. So, and so, but now it becomes important. You're planting to them. an idea, yeah, essentially. Oh, yes. Hey, yeah. Th- this is going to be really interesting. Let's get them to spring training. So, uh, yeah. So, that, take, and it, not every approach can work that way, but you can find a way for somebody who's not open to new ideas to make it think that, that it's theirs. Mm. Yeah, planting an idea. Just a little manipulation. Again, Randy always reminded me of Leonardo DiCaprio, but I never I never just placed him right. as as the guy from Inception. So I'm just I'm just oh, a little you, surprised now. Yeah. You have a you just it's okay. Cillian yeah. Murphy seems like a wonderful yeah. guy. And for all of you out there, this is only between us. Don't tell our bosses. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I thought of that right now. This is a good one. I thought of that right now. <laughs> this is a good last one for the room. Okay. My son's football coach is constantly finding reasons to yell and torture the kids. He keeps them thirty minutes late every day and recently he also started violating state bylaws such as quarters per day slash week what should we do about this okay i need to know how old this kid that's is the, and what that, level that, of that's a big thing yeah. because if it's 30 minutes i'm assuming it's it's middle school or little league um violating the rules of of minutes per week i'm assuming that they're talking about quarters and and how many how much they're playing um so yeah you 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 definitely i need to know how old they are yeah. the yelling part is, is welcome to football. Welcome to football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, but other than that, I playing too much. So here, here's how I look at this. If I, I have seen some some teams that have been really good, I've seen some teams that have been really bad. And the the worst thing that you can do when you have younger players is put them in a position where they can't succeed because then you take the love of the game away from them. They don't want to be a part of it. If people are are getting hurt or if you have a, a quarterback who the, the line isn't being taught properly how to block, that could kill someone's spirit. So you have to protect, especially young players, you have to protect your players, you have to protect yourself. So you have to make sure that they are doing and being coached the right way. Um, if they're playing too many quarters, that's an issue because – our laws are you only... Chuck, you think Chuck Bednarik's dad was worried about that? Yeah. <laughs> you think Bill Berge nah. and Ray Nitschke's dads nah. were worried about an extra nah. half hour? Not at all. No. <laughs> they were in a coal mine, Randy, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Okay, yeah. kid, I picked you up an hour late. Let's go have some nails for dinner. There you go. <laughs> Randy, can I tell you what I did with my son after his game? What? We went and ran heels. After the game. Oh, there you go. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you Jerry go. Hills. Jerry Rice he and didn't Walter. Do, he he yeah. didn't run enough. Yeah. He was while well, he was out there jogging, and I got fired up. I I'm like it. Too slow, hey. brother. I told him it wasn't punishment. This is just, just to get better. If if you if your youngster is really passionate about football, have them Google Jerry Rice Hill or Walter Payton there Hill. You go. If you want to become great, run hills. Yeah, it's, uh, it's some good hills out here. Yeah, run. I don't <laughs> want to become great. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Thank you very much for your text. We do appreciate them. Glad to help you out. And coming up, which NFL teams are being held back by their quarterback play and which ones don't have a chance? That's next on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Hackman Lumber. 
Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, treks, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Coverage of 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Which NFL teams are being held back by their quarterback play right now? When you look at the standings, there are a lot of teams that appear to be held back by their quarterback play. One is obvious. The Jets, I have a feeling, would be much better than 1-2. and two. As a matter of fact, they might be 3-0 and oh if Aaron Rodgers, a healthy Aaron Rodgers, was their quarterback right now. I would suggest that uh, the Jets are one team that is absolutely being held back by the fact that they don't have Rodgers and they do have Zach Wilson. Any disagreement in the room? No. No. Uh, it's, it's pretty bad. It's yeah. actually really, really bad. Did you also see the report that apparently there's even more of a rift now in the Jets' locker room because yeah. did you see that of yeah. Salah standing by Zach Wilson yeah. essentially and oh. that and defense is upset that everybody's upset in the locker room I don't know that doesn't sound good whatsoever <laughs> where are they gonna go they just I mean Tim they Boyle, just they Trevor mm-hmm. Simeon they just signed Trevor Simeon yep that's, yeah so you, you got what you anywhere. got you get what you get and you don't have a fit that that's where the uh New York Jets are right now I don't I can't put it solely on Zach Wilson I mean he, he's not great but neither is that offensive line. They got Aaron Rodgers hurt first game of the season, four plays in. Probably should have taken care of that. One team I don't give any credit to, and I don't necessarily blame the quarterback, although I don't know, is the the Bears with Justin Fields. Now, Fields had 25 touchdown passes last year, and this year... He says that he doesn't feel like he's being coached as well as he can be coached. I think the Bears are held back by Justin Fields, but I don't know if it's his fault completely. It's somewhat his fault, but uh, that seems to be a really poorly coached team to me. The head coach, Eberflus, number one, doesn't have a good staff, and number two, he seems to be, at least from the way he talks to us through the media, he seems to be clueless. And the the way coaches generally talk to teams is the way that you'll see them in the media. And he he just doesn't seem to have any charisma whatsoever to be a leader. So do you think with Zach Wilson and Justin Fields, just some of the better teams that we know right now, the 49ers and Miami and maybe some of the others, but specifically Miami and the 49ers, if you place Zach Wilson and Justin Fields as one of those two teams, do you think that those teams would still be successful? 
I think that San Francisco would find a way to I make agree. it work. I agree. I think they'll they'll find a way to make it work with everybody. Yeah, yeah. They 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 are. But who's who, Miami? Was the other? Yeah. No, I don't think so. I think Tua is different. I, I think Tua is a difference maker, and, and I, I I like uh, Mike McDaniel, but I don't know that Mike McDaniel could make Justin Fields great or. You know what? I, I I think he would because they have the element, the run game, the play action, the bootlegs, mm-hmm. all of those things. I think what the Bears aren't doing is allowing him to use his athleticism. And, and at times, as a coach, you get so caught up in this is my offense, this is how I want to run it. Yeah, but if your quarterback or your people are unable to process that in a timely fashion, then you need to do what they do well as opposed to what you know well. That's a great point because what I'm looking at, and I want you to answer this. I think Tua is a much more accurate, better deep ball thrower than Wilson or Fields is. More accurate. I think they both, and that's I what think, they do. I think they have stronger arms than than Tua does. Yeah. but he's but Tua is more accurate right. than those two are. And obviously, if Mike McDaniel has Fields or Zach Wilson, then he's going to change the offense Correct. and get the ball into the hands of uh, of Waddle and and Tyreek Hill and and the gang Mostert in a much smaller condensed right. portion of the field rather than downfield. Okay, what about the Saints? They're two and one. They lose Derek Carr for this week. They're gonna have Jameis start. But is a team that's two and one and has scored fifty three points in three games, are they held back by Derek Carr? I don't know if it, I, I with them, I don't know what what's wrong with that offense either. I it's watching them no as Kamara. like that that the hurts. Thing. Now yes. he'll be back this week. So, mm-hmm. and I wish Derek Carr were healthy to kind of see how this offense was going to run. Hopefully, Jameis can know what color jerseys they're wearing this weekend <laughs> and not throw it to the yeah. other team. Oh, no. uh, that's kind of been his issue, <laughs> forgetting his what thing. color they were in. Yeah. Um, but if if Derek Carr, I think is okay. I just need to see their offense totally healthy. Um, to know, to kind of have an idea of what they really are, how how explosive they can be. Because it, it hasn't been, I mean, they won a game, was it 16 to 15 versus the Titans? It was a terrible game. Yeah. terrible game to watch. The game they played against the Panthers a couple of weeks ago, or last week, was not fun to watch. It's just, they're just there offensively. They got a really good defense. So Derek Carr may be holding them back, but maybe something schematically is holding them back as well. Yeah, I think it will be interesting to see with all those pieces coming back together when Carr comes back. And then Kamara, obviously done with suspension, but seeing those, what they have originally thought out coming together, I think is where you can make the full judgment on it. And hopefully Jameis will do okay this this weekend because who knows how that's going to go. Are you picking him up? Nope, I'm not. No, I got I got Alvin Kamara coming No, I have Tua. Line. Yeah, I have Tua. So. And I got Jonathan Taylor, hopefully, coming back next Ooh. week. Ooh. All of a sudden. <laughs> on a couple of teams. <laughs> there we go. Uh, what about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? This is Baker Mayfield. He's not Tom Brady. Now, they have a lot of talent, but I, I think Mayfield, under the circumstances, is serviceable. I agree. I, I think he has done, for who he is and what they have, I, thought, I think he's done a really good job so far. He He is... He he's serviceable. He's a good quarterback. He's not an elite quarterback, despite where he was drafted. Um, he's a very good quarterback, a good quarterback that has potential with the pieces around him to be mm-hmm. really good. I think they are have to be the favorites to win that division based on how everyone else is playing. I don't Carolina. No, they already got a quarterback hurt. I don't trust Atlanta because if you got to throw the ball, who's going to throw it? And then we're talking about the Saints. How? 
just disjointed their offense is right now. They got a really good defense, but that offense is kind of just slugging through the mud right now. So I, I like what Tampa has because of all of the athletic, all of the athletes they have on the outside. I feel like Baker Mayfield, and maybe this is just my impressions right now. It's very middle of the pack, which is serviceable, but hopefully he does have that potential to tap into something more. And we did get some texts in one from the six one eight that says some of the teams that you're talking about have terrible offensive lines. Yep. So is that another part of this? The Giants were a perfect example. The Giants yes. uh, last year. Giants and Jets. Yeah, yeah, Daniel Jones had a pretty good year last year, and they, they went to Minnesota and won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But now he has no time to throw. Now let's get to these two teams because the offensive line is an issue with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Is Kenny Pickett holding back the Steelers? <sighs> I don't think so. I think the person holding them back is the person in the box. I agree with mm-hmm. that. It has mm-hmm. been. Yep. Um, I think they did better last week. The, the offensive line for the Steelers is not great as well. They are struggling running the football. Najee Harris is averaging like 3.9, 3-point-something yeah. yards per carry, which it, you I, – I, it's interesting because I don't know if it's a Najee issue because when Jalen Warren gets in the game, he goes downhill and makes one cut and he's getting six or seven yards. So maybe it's Najee. Maybe it's the offensive line. Maybe it's the, the, the plays that are being called for Najee. Uh, I thought Kenny Pickett did a really good job against the Raiders in that game, taking care of the football, finding his tight end, getting getting passes to the guys that he need to get the ball to. With the players that they have, they need Mike Martz. They need that philosophy on offense rather than what they're doing right now. Ooh, I know Coach be, T probably wouldn't like that, but Mike Martz would be great would for them. his mind. Uh, and uh, what about our Tennessee Titans? Um, things are not great. If you want to talk about O-line. Held back um, by the quarterback at all? I think that a little bit. I'm still not sold on Ryan Tannehill because he had that bounce back game. And I told you guys, this is how Ryan Tannehill is. He bounces back and then just is absolutely terrible. And he turned into a pumpkin just in time for fall this past weekend. <laughs> I mean, he, it looked terrible. And I know that the offensive line is bad. And Miles Garrett is Miles Garrett. He's fantastic. The Browns defense doing their part. They are really, really good. But Dillard, I don't know what's going on there. I told uh, Randy the stat earlier. Dillard has now allowed six sacks in three games. That is twice as many for any other tackle in the league right now. And it's just, it's really bad. Now, the reports in Tennessee is hopefully Skronsky will be ready to come back soon. That was mm-hmm. the left tackle that they were able to draft this year. Hopefully he'll be ready to come back. But... It doesn't seem like it right now. So that will be three games in a row, though, as he had appendectomy issues or he was going through that. And so mm-hmm. I don't know if he'll be ready to go, but I just don't think that Dillard is good enough or even serviceable in that position. Well, I'll tell you what Dillard is uh, dealing with now. Everyone has seen it. So they're yeah. going to be uh, finding different ways to go after him, attack him, and try to get to the quarterback. Yeah. And he's going to have to tighten that up for it's going to be a long season for him and the thing is is with Tannehill I think that he's he's fine I'm just still not sold I don't I haven't seen it consistently even with the O-line issues I think there's times that he doesn't exactly help himself I don't know they might bring back old Taylor Taylor Lewan. oh get him out of retirement I mean it can't be much much worse <laughs> So quarterback play is a big deal in the NFL. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. 314-399-YO-HO. We have Take It or Leave It coming your way on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Put it out there. 
it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in test 314-399-9646. And give us your take it or leave it. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Welcome your text to the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646-314-399-Yo-Ho. Dateline, Lawrence, Kansas. A massive crowd formed outside the uh, Free State Brewing Company in Lawrence after the rumor mill decided that Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey were there. An employee at the brewery told uh, the TMZ that they let the Swifties know that Travis and Taylor were not in the house, but the fans weren't buying it, and they stayed outside just waiting for the two to come out. Dennis in Lawrence posted, rumor has it, that Taylor Swift stopped by to get her teeth cleaned after she left Free State Brewery. Uh, take it or leave it. Taylor Swift is the best thing to ever happen to the Kansas City economy. <laughs> uh, to take the it. Kansas City uh, economy. Uh, uh, <laughs> well, Patrick, she had a, has been pretty good for him. Yeah, he's been great. But didn't she have like a big tour there too? Yeah, I two, think. two sold out nights, yeah. Yeah. I, we can take it. That that poor woman probably can't go anywhere. I think that there was also rumors on social media that she had to like exit and a popcorn machine because there were so many fans like waiting around by the box that she was at, and then all of a sudden a popcorn machine comes out yeah, and is wheeled I, away. I, I wow! Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's interesting. That's great. Intriguing. And by the way, if you didn't see yesterday, Travis Kelsey jerseys sales have gone up four hundred percent. He's passed Patrick Mahomes nice. in jersey sales. <laughs> nice. Also, Swift, she's not even like sick of that stuff. That's how she gets like on stage for her concerts. They yeah, wheel her in, in like a nondescript box so that like everyone doesn't like blow the top off the stadium before she gets on the stage. So yeah. she's just like her like now like regular life is stepping into a box to go places, I which would, is uh, it wouldn't work bananas. <laughs> That's a no for me, dog. I'm going to shred that box to pieces before we get the stage. <laughs> 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 it, it would not work. Uh, so there was a, we were watching the Brewers play last night. Josh, Josh Donaldson now plays for them. He played for the Yankees earlier this year. They, Chip and, and BT were talking about when he got to the Brewers, he didn't see he didn't see a reason to go introduce himself to his teammates. He was just like, yeah, they know who I am. He was batting 142 with the Yankees. Take it or leave it. You bat 142, you should go introduce yourself to everyone. In take the building. it. Oh, yeah. I'm going to take that. I <laughs> thought that that hell? was the weirdest thing. <laughs> Why would you not go introduce yourself? I feel like that's starting Man. off on the wrong foot. Like, that's the worst way to kind of that, start your intro with people. That is when you, you tell people about themselves. Yeah. yeah. Right. But who is this guy? Bro, you were batting 142. Yeah. You, you kind of stink right now. I mean, now, if this was eh, seven years ago. No, you still go introduce yourself. You should, there. but, you know, it's just kind of a, it's kind of a jerk, of jerk move. move. Yeah. Yeah. Richard Donaldson. Richard Donaldson. <laughs> All right. And well, guys, how about this one? I saw this floating around on social media last night. Uh, it was a note that a Raiders fan pinned about how he can no longer be a fan of this team. And by the way, he says that he's been a fan for 30 years. He wrote a note stating that he's done watching them due to the effects that they have had on his mental health and heartache that they have caused him. He said, in part, it's a really, really long note, guys. So if you want to go see it, it's on social media everywhere. But basically, he said in part, 
that having a team who you've rooted for your whole life, the reward they reward you with absolutely nothing but heartache is something I do not want to keep doing. I hate to hear that from him, but take it or leave it, guys. He's going to be back on Sunday with the rest oh, of us totally. miserable uh, NFL fans, unless got, you're one I of the other good that. teams. This sounds like some some therapy. He's he's sought out. He's going to get help because this can really. I'm telling y'all, losing impacts your quality of life. It is one of the worst things. If you yeah. are constantly losing at something that you are truly passionate about, it, it ruins the entire He's week. He's a Raiders fan. They've well, been through a lot. Yeah. 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 I grew up a St. Louis football Cardinals yeah, fan. Yeah, you, you didn't. You, you, <laughs> yes, I'm a mess. Yes. <laughs> it's unhealthy. It is. But. To deal with that much losing. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully, hopefully he will be able to come back. Maybe one day. Uh, I don't know. Would, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think, would break a lot Jimmy of G. hearts. Oh, he's Jimmy a heartbreaker. Is, uh, oh, yeah. Not already, in a good way is what I mean by that. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, all right. Uh, Matthew, what do you got? Take it early. We need, we, we need Philip Rivers on the Jets. Dag Nabbit. I'll take it. No, yeah. Oh, no. come on. What is Philip Rivers? Philip Rivers is not going to... New York for anything. Oh. He, he was driving from San Diego to LA every morning for practice. In the back of a van that had a oh, yeah. film set up for him. Yeah. Well, he wasn't actually driving. He no. was being driven. Yeah. I guess that makes a difference. Yeah. Take it or leave it. It's so nice to let Taylor let the Chiefs use her uh, her stadium for the rest of the season. Oh, oh that's so nice. Take I'll take it. that. Take that's it. very yeah. nice of her. She's yeah. Take it or leave it. You're already sick of the Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey take stuff. It. I'm going to leave it. I'm taking it. I'm taking it. You. Yeah. Oh, come God. on. So, so are we talking about football or, or, or what here? Talking about the entertainment business. It if is. it was a real thing, I may be more entertained, but I don't think it's real. You're not buying it? Nah. It's nah, just a big publicity set? She was with his mom. Yeah, CD. That's a very nice thing. Friends, hang out with friends with your mother. Uh-huh. I, I don't I don't think that that means we're we're dating. No, I don't know. nobody thinks they're dating. Everyone the thinks moment. they're no, dating. They aren't dating yet. It's are too soon. Are they courting? She's gonna be. Yes, she's they're going courting. Brussels or something. No, Buenos Aires in November. She's got to go on another tour. Yeah. So they can't. This hang is why together. it's not gonna work. Their schedules just. He's won't. gonna retire in two years. Are you serious? Yes, I'm, I'm no. completely serious. No, she's not retiring. She might say she's, he's gonna, he's gonna retire. Oh, uh, and then he no, can go on the world retired. tours with her. Did you all hear that Tyreek Hill said he's gonna do when he retires? Oh what? yeah. What's he gonna do? I, oh, can we even say that on here? Because I he's saw gonna, that. He, that was he wants wild. to be an adult star when he. Uh, oh yeah. When he retires. Oh. Yeah. It's kind of like a racehorse. Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> what do we have on the text line, Rock? Uh, what do we have on the text the line? Cowboys should be more embarrassed about their loss to the Cardinals than the Broncos about their loss to the Finns. The Cardinals should be more embarrassed. The Cowboys should be more embarrassed about their loss to the Cardinals no, than the Broncos to the it. Finns. Leave, leave no. it. You gave no. up 70. That's, that's yeah. so bad. I, I it hadn't happened since the 60s. The Cardinals, I wasn't even alive. Cardinals try hard. The Cardinals are giving you the best effort. They, that is a better team than most people would think. The fact that the Broncos gave up 70, yeah. 7-0, 10 touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The fact that the D coordinator or, or defensive players are still there on Tuesday and Wednesday was oh, yeah. intriguing. But to they me. didn't. Uh, well, no, last year was like after two or three games that they brought in a consultant for uh, Nathaniel Hackett. Nathaniel Hackett, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
That's a, that's an organization that's a mess. I'm. They could pay me to do that. I I'm can pleased. Consult some people. Oh yeah, yeah, but you'd help them win. <laughs> I would. You'd get some of that. You could be another one of the Walmart employees. Take it or leave it. Jake Neighbors doesn't make the team out of camp and he spends the majority of the season in Springfield. Leave it. I'm going to leave that one. I feel like there would have to be a lot of other circumstances. Might even be a top six guy. Really? Mm -hmm. He's a Ruby player. He is. Yes. He's going to be fine. He might be. He he even calls himself, which it's funny because he's young. So it's I I like this, though, like a throwback player, essentially. I, I could see him being a 20 goal, 30 assist, 50 point guy who four checks. Yes. Like like crazy. Yeah, I, I think he's going to be fine. I can't and he's put on some more weight this right, offseason. Yeah, yeah. yes. I would be hmm. very surprised if he didn't make this team. They Take like it a lot. They've been they talking do. a lot about Nick Ritchie, though. Yeah. Is that somebody's going to Yeah, but Ritchie, if he makes a team, it's going to be as a fourth-line guy. I think Ritchie would probably, if you're going to be competing with a guy, it would be like McEachern, who's on a two-year, yes. one-way deal. I, I, I think a guy like McEachern or a guy like Ritchie, he would be a spare part. Mm-hmm. And Nadab, I don't think is a guarantee to make the club, sadly. Yeah. yeah. But uh, I think you're going to see Jake Neighbors playing. I don't want the Aussie to go. I like him. Oh, yeah, I do too. Yeah, he's yeah, swell, but... swell fella. Really <laughs> nice. Uh, are there such things as mean Australians? I don't think so. Um, uh, think about that. I think yeah. so. Yes, they're called kangaroos. Uh, uh, take it or leave it. <laughs> they're they're angry little sobs. They can get big too, yeah. and they have sharp claws. That they cry. To, they cry to like gore. Have you seen the ripped kangaroos? Like uh, when they yeah. like have all these muscles. I'm like, would, excuse me. Cool. <laughs> they knock me out. Take it or leave it. Mizzou should be more scared of Vandy because Vandy's likely to start a backup quarterback. Apparently, the Tigers are now the Cardinals. No, I'm gonna leave that. I'm going to leave it. Yeah. And we're going to stay out of all Mizzou talk from here. Oh, come on. Oh, no. Come on. The way they come after me. No, okay. Oh, so here's what I think about the Mizzou Tigers. <laughs> all right. Thank you, Matthew. Thank you, Randy. We appreciate your texts. And coming up next, are the Cardinals kidding themselves with an eye on competing in 2024? And should their rhetoric sound more like the Mets 25 or 26 expectations? That's coming your way. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. in St. Louis. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. The Cardinals are going to finish in last place in the National League Central this year. They're going to finish behind four teams, unfortunately for them, that have the second, third, fourth, and fifth ranked farm systems. Yet the Cardinals say that this year, after a ton of success between 2000 and 2022, is a one-off. Should we have faith in the Cardinals? Should we give them the benefit of the doubt because they did have that level of success for such a long time? When they say, we just need to go out and get some starting pitching and some relief pitching, should we have faith that they can win in 2024? Or should we think that, okay, maybe 25 or 26, which the Mets told Max Scherzer, is more realistic? I think it depends on what the offseason looks like, and that's why I said this offseason is one of the most important offseasons that I can remember in recent recent memory. It, it, It feels like there are so many things that need to take place, but it also feels like the the time is running. Like you got two superstars at your corner infield spots. You got two young superstars that are 
on their way in Mason Wynn and Jordan Walker, like the time, you have to strike while the iron is hot. Those guys aren't getting any younger, talking about Arenado and, and, and Goldschmidt. And you got to figure out a way to get them some help from the starting pitchers and the relievers. Otherwise, I feel like you're going to waste their their St. Louis Cardinals time here, their time, their tenure here without having an opportunity to win a championship. So hopefully, realistically, we're looking at 2024 and not 25, 26, but it all is dependent upon what this offseason looks like. I don't think the fans want it to be 2025, 2026, and I don't think that Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt no. want it to be 2025, 2026. If they didn't go out and get the correct starting pitching that you know is needed for this rotation to be successful next season, I think that Nolan Arenado, just in my opinion, would spontaneously combust because there's yep. absolutely no way. After everything he went with the Rockies, then you bring him here, and that was a fantastic trade. One, a no-brainer by John Mosellock, but the fact that he pulled it off, I have to give him a lot of credit for that. Now you have to finish this off by making sure you get the right pieces in order. Now, my concerns, and there's a laundry list outside of the pitching issues, starting starting pitching and even in the bullpen, I still feel like there's a lot of question marks there and how they're going to approach everything. Um, the other issue I have is why did we see such a drop off on fundamentals and things defensively with the Cardinals this season? Do you feel like that is something that can be fixed going into next season or is there a greater issue there? Well, a big part of the problem early in the season was Jordan Walker. He, and that's not the current staff's fault. That's the minor league development staff's fault mm-hmm. that they didn't put him in right field earlier when we all knew that somebody else was going to play third base. It was not going to be him. So, Hopefully he is representative in right field. They're going to have admin in center, probably, mm-hmm. and they're going to have Newt Bar in left. Should be a pretty good defensive outfield. If it's a swing and miss fly ball pitching staff next year, that should be pretty darn good. I'm fine with Arenado at third. I'm fine with Win. I don't know about second. Hopefully Brendan Donovan can be the guy. And then I'm fine with Goldie at first. And I would be, I'm okay with whoever they put behind the plate. It's just weird. Uh, <laughs> it is. It's, uh, it's a weird situation. It is. I, yeah. Uh, because they appear to still want Wilson Contreras to be their main catcher. But Wilson Contreras doesn't catch 120 or 130 games. He's not a yachty. So mm-hmm. if you have a guy that catches 90 games, what do you do with your other two catchers? Because Kisner's had a career year and Herrera is the future. And you do need to find pitching and you aren't going to get it all through free agency. So somebody has to get traded. Uh so yes, to your do I have confidence in the fundamentals being restored? I do, because of the players being healthy. Mm-hmm. My question is, do they have a staff that's going to improve their pitching? Michaelis has regressed this year. Uh, Stephen Matz has remained injured. Adam Wainwright has been Adam Wainwright. Dakota Hudson, he's gotten a little better since he came back. Helsley regressed. Palante regressed. Verhagen was what he was. Uh, Gallegos regressed. We really saw with Cabrera regressed and then improved. Mm -hmm. Zach Thompson said he started watching Clayton Kershaw video, and that's when he got better. I have a real question about their major league pitching development. And if you bring in a bunch of guys, if you bring in Nola and Snell, do they have a staff that's going to help those guys maintain their excellence, or are those guys going to regress too? I, th- I think that's a real concern. I have a real concern about people like McGreevy and Graceffo and Connor Zerpe and Connor Thomas coming up and improving as young pitchers with this staff. And if they aren't going to make changes in the staff, I don't have confidence in them being good in 2024. 
No, I I think that that's a very valid concern because even I thought Klaib said about best yesterday when it came to the minor league system too that if McGreevy and Graceffo were ready, we would have already possibly seen them yeah. here this season. And with the starting rotation, and you're talking about that regression that we've seen, you can't have that happen again. And I think it's fair to question that because you've seen it across the board for so many different pitchers. So where does the help come from? Well, you have to help yourself, first of all. And there has to be, a, I'll, I'll say it, there's got to be a better pitching coach out there than Dusty Blake. There's got to be, right? He's Have guys gotten better under Dusty Blake? Your coach, your coach who's charged, his job is to make them make people better. I'm trying to think. Jordan Hicks, I don't know, but I don't know how much I would assume if we are going to give credit for I'll maybe give, some I'll people. Give credit for that. Okay, Jordan Hicks. Okay, um, I'll, I'll even give, though he's not here anymore. Yeah, I would have liked to see him. Chris Str- Stratton. Uh, no, he was terrible here. He's gotten a lot better since he left under Mike Maddox, but no. You know what helps you be a better coach? You want me to tell you guys mm. a secret? Let you add guys in on the yes. secret? Better players. But you know what? We're a group that saw Dave Duncan make I, I, guys I better all the time. But if you we have, saw, it's easier when you got guys like Chris Carpenter to make it, to make those adjustments. That makes your life easier when you have guys that are major league quality, at, major league yeah. caliber players. It's a lot easier to correct those guys than guys that maybe shouldn't be at this place at this point of their career. Chris Carpenter, who is an all-time Cardinal great, and by the way, should be in the organization. Yes. Uh, But Chris Carpenter, in his years with the Toronto Blue Jays, before he got to St. Louis, was 49-50 and with a 4.83 earned run average. He spent his career here under Dave Duncan, and he was 95-44 and with a 3.07. 3.07 under Duncan, 4.93 with Toronto, 4.83. But, that, but, but the fact That's that he had, he had 100-plus starts lets me know that well, he was good enough. Yeah. He he was it, it's not the same as 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 a Matthew Libertor, it's not the same as a Zach Thompson, it's not the same as some of those guys that as you said, might not even be on the roster if this team had performed better to I, start the season. I cannot find a way. I wish I could find a statistic to defend Blake. I can't. I, I don't like I said, I don't know if it's solely on him. I I mean at some point when you are coaching, especially at the major league level, professional sports, if your players don't perform well, you do get fired, whether you deserve it or not. That's just part of the business. Everyone understands that that's how that goes. So I don't I don't I don't disagree that somebody is is potentially going to lose their job. Maybe it's some players, maybe it's some coaches. Somebody will just to bring a shift into what happens in 2024. I think that you have to have changes this offseason when it comes to the coaching staff, whether it's just figuring out that maybe somebody else comes in to help Dusty Blake, but when you can't even possibly and you have those numbers, the regression of pitchers who are already established, how are you expected to also develop new young pitchers coming up? Where's the confidence and the ability to be able to do that, right? Yeah, it's it's very troubling because we're used to that. I mean, that's I, I talk about spoiled and entitled. I am spoiled and entitled by the years of Dave Duncan, Derek Lilliquist, and mm-hmm. Mike Maddox. And to see the drop-off here is alarming. There is a guy, by the way, who has pitched a lot. He knows the game. He knows everything about pitching because he's done it such a long time. Uh, 371 games in the in the minors and then multiple games in the majors. And that's Casey Lawrence, who's uh, out there and available as a pitching coach. 
for next year because he certainly can't pitch it. Oh. Randy. Come on. Jamie Rivers next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Brought to you by Sumner One. With Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. It's the opening drive on 101 ESPN. The Blues with a victory last night in preseason game number three, 3-2 over the Columbus Blue Jackets. And joining us now is our own Jamie Rivers, who this year, starting this season, is going to be the TV analyst for the Blues on Ballet Sports. Rivs, good morning. How are you doing? Good, Randy. How are you guys doing? Everything's great. What do you think of what you've seen so far, whether it be practice or the games? I'm liking what I'm seeing. Uh, this group, I can tell you what, with Braden Shen at the helm now as the captain, this group is extremely focused on coming back this year and you know making last year an anomaly. And the attitude in camp has been fantastic. The energy is high. You can tell that these guys are really pulling for each other. And the one thing that I like is the intensity in camp right now. Guys are getting after it, and guys are they're competing for jobs. You know, we know Craig Ruby and. Doug Armstrong said that before training camp started, but you often wonder like how much of that is true. Well, in talking to both the head coach and the GM, there's competition for sure for spots in the roster. And there's young guys trying to make an impression. We've got Nick Ritchie, who's certainly, he's trying to get a contract out of all this and process of elimination. It's created really good competition out there. Well, Jamie, we first of all thank you for waking up with us. I know you uh, you probably aren't used to getting up this early and, and dealing with us uh, media. Harry <laughs> Davis, please. Five thirty today. Well, we didn't. I, I, I didn't know because we missed you last week. We were we were looking for you and we couldn't find you. I was at the gym, Kerry. Oh, well, oh right. okay. We'll make sure we, we, we make sure we call you earlier next time so we can get you on the line. <laughs> you were talking about Nick Ritchie and, and potentially making this roster. If he does make the roster, who is the odd man out? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, look, as of right now, I, I can't say definitively who's on the outside looking in. It's too early. And I don't believe everybody's had a fair shake yet. You know, Nick Richards, Nick Richie's had a bit of an advantage. He's played two games already for the Blues, and I would anticipate that he's going to play maybe all of them because this coaching staff and the general manager are going to want to make sure of what they've got before they sign him. But if he does make the team, I think just an educated guess as guys like Mackenzie McEachern, uh, Nathan Walker, you know, these guys, not that they're at risk, it's just that they're fighting for their jobs. So Nick Ritchie would go into the pot with those guys as guys competing for the fourth line opportunity and anybody else for that matter. Look, Jake neighbors, I anticipate him being a big part of this team, but for whatever reason, if he doesn't have a great camp, you know, he still has the ability to get sent down to the American hockey league to continue to, you know, mature and develop without having to lose him on waivers whereas Mackenzie McEachern and Nate Walker and Nick Ritchie would all have to go through waivers, and the opportunity for somebody else to take them would be there. But I'd say that all those guys are kind of in the same mix right now, fighting for that spot. 
it always seems to work itself out. Somebody always rises to the top, and it actually usually makes the decision pretty easy by the end of camp. Jamie, I wanted to ask you about Tory Krug addressing media members yesterday. It seemed like he really wanted to clear the air and also address to fans about why he wants to be here in St. Louis. Obviously, we saw everything that happened this past summer with the no-trade clause, and it seemed like there was a lot going on with that. So what was your takeaway with everything that he said yesterday? I loved it. I honestly did. I thought it showed leadership, uh, accountability, all those things. Because, look, we were all talking about it, and then we have to continue to use the word allegedly because nobody really knows what happened. Well, Tory Krug took that right out of the air yesterday, answered all the questions, was very honest. He said that it did affect him personally. He's a human being, and how could it not hurt your feelings or affect you and your family? I mean, it, it would, to all of us, we'd feel a little bit slighted at the time. But he also said that he signed with the St. Louis Blues for seven years because he wanted to play here in St. Louis. He loves the team. He loves the city. He loves wearing the blue note. I mean, what else do you want to hear from a player that, you know, we, we always talk about David Perron. Well, he just wanted to be a blue. He just wanted to stay here. Well, now we've got Tory Krug that's saying the same thing. I want to be a blue. I want to stay here. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's all water under the bridge at this point. Uh, I was thrilled with what he said and how he said it. And I think the fans should love the fact that he said it that way. But now Tory Cruz got to go up there and play. He knows it. He talked about lack of execution last year. He talked about not making uh, all the right plays. He talked about trying to win every game by himself. And he's going to change that. You know, his resume speaks for itself. And I would anticipate a really good turnaround for Tory Krug. Jamie Rivers with us in the opening drive on 101 ESPN. You'll also hear him in the fast lane. The Blues are taking on the Blackhawks tomorrow night. You'll hear that one at 630 here on 101 ESPN. Jamie, we have been spoiled here, and you played with some of these guys, but we've been spoiled by number one defensemen like Pronger and McKinnis and Bo Meester and Petro for such a long time. And... Uh, that's been a big part of the Blues' really good defense. But we've also seen good defenses. You've played on good defenses that didn't have that alpha number one defenseman, which I think we can all agree that the Blues don't have. How do you become a good defense unit without having that number one guy? Well, you become a pack of hungry dogs out there, and you defend at all costs. You know, you, you have to make sure that you know, your, your partner and you are in sync. The chemistry is good. But, Randy, the game has changed so much now to the fact to where, you know, just having a one-shutdown guy or a two-shutdown guy, it's not enough. You need five guys on the ice that work together. Teams have just gotten too good offensively. There's so much skill on the ice that expecting one or two guys to shut down the opposition just isn't realistic anymore. So, for me, you know, the way the game is trending already is defending with a pack mentality, and I think that's what you have to do. And that's the biggest thing is you got to work hard, compete. If you're not going to compete, like you can't defend. And Carrie, you know this from you. Like defense isn't fun. It's more fun to score the points. It's more Mm -hmm. fun to get the touchdown. It's more fun to do all that stuff. So when you play defense, like it's, it's a frame of mind that you have to get in. And so for me, I think the blues have the horses to do it. I actually, I know they do. Now it's the fact that they've got to just wrap their brains around being absolutely tenacious out there and not giving the, the, the opponent a moment to breathe. And that, for me, is the biggest thing. So you can have your alpha defenseman, but if the rest of the guys don't buy in, it doesn't work. So for me right now, 
being a unit of five out there, defending at all costs and wanting to play defense will make this team better. I know, by the way, the Blues do have the personnel to play the best defense, and that's by having the puck. <laughs> right? Oh, yeah, that solves a lot of problems, Randy. The other team can't <laughs> score if they don't have the puck. Right. And you know what? But that's funny you say that because last year that was a big problem for the, the Blues. They had so many opportunities off the rush, which it's exciting for us, the fans. You know, you see three guys ripping down the ice and tic-tac-toe in the puck, and then they take a shot on that, but they miss the net, and they give the puck away. And now you got to defend. And you have no sustained offensive zone time. You have no opportunity to wear down the opposition. You have no opportunity to establish a puck possession game. It works against you. And that's exactly what happened last year with the Blues. And that's exactly why the Blues have gone and acquired personnel in the offseason that are going to help them change that style of game. It's going to be a lot more in the offensive zone, controlling the puck, cycling the puck down low, taking it to the net front. We're already seeing it in preseason that this looks a little bit different. It really does. And I I know that you obviously are close with Craig Berube. How does he feel about this group right now? Because it seems like this is more getting back to what he likes. We were talking about yesterday, a heavier roster. I'm sure he's happy with what he's seeing, even though it's just preseason, what he's seeing so far from these guys. Yeah, Coach Berube, he's, He's still a little guarded in his praise this early, <laughs> yeah. but he, you know he, he's very careful with where he, he he dishes out the praise this early in camp. But that being said, yeah, he likes the group. He thinks that the culture is really good. He feels like the the room has reestablished itself as a close tight knit group. He likes the way they're practicing. He likes the intensity at the the way the guys are practicing. He's a lot of the positive things, and just like we talked about, he's like we got some big bodies that can handle the puck out here going to change our game substantially. Jamie, I think you and I are, are like-minded, and I think Craig Berube is as well. So if the defense isn't performing well enough, who's going to keep you two from going over the boards and, and checking someone? <laughs> yeah. I, we'd have to catch them first, Kerry. Oh, okay. There you, go. <laughs> you know, um, I'm sure we could do some damage if they'd stand still for us. Yeah, yeah. We get a little older. We don't, don't move as fast. Do yeah. Yeah, they still moving. They're young men. We're not. I get it. Yep. <laughs> Ribs, we'll hear you this afternoon, and we'll uh, we're looking forward to the season on Bally Sports. Can't wait for that. You're going to do great work, and we're very excited for you and about you. And uh, we're looking forward to talking to you every Hump Day here on the Opening Drive. All right, guys, I appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me. You guys have a great morning. All right, brother, you too. Thanks. Take care. That's Jamie Rivers on 101 ESPN. Uh, I, I want to give you the statistic, uh, Brooke, because you were talking earlier about Andre Dillard, the left tackle for the... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, I was just, I, I had to look this up. Uh, Orlando Pace played 13 years in the NFL, mm-hmm. never had a season where he gave up more than two sacks. Oh, my mm. gosh. Here's Orlando, great. if you're, if you're like listening, come back. of the yeah. best. Ever. Best ever. Yeah. yeah right. Best pass blocking yeah. left, left tackle to ever play the game. Does he want to go to Nashville and play for the Tennessee Titans? It, Here's the thing. If he, went to, now, but that's, if he went there today and didn't work out and signed with the Titans today, he could start and be their best offensive lineman on Sunday. Probably. I could see that. And we yeah. will gladly welcome it in yeah. Tennessee. I don't Please. Think he wants to do that, though. Probably not. I think he's got things going all right. <laughs> he's good. You get away from this game and don't have to do all of that. <laughs> he was <laughs> unbelievable. And Martz has told us they, that, that was the, the X position because yeah. they would just X out the, the right end on the don't other worry team. About him. Yeah, yeah, he was never going to do anything. <laughs> Coming up, uh, what's our guy's name that won yesterday? Chad. Chad. You don't remember? Hanging Chad. (laughs) 
Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Coming back with us. No, I don't remember. So there, there. You won't remember after today either, will maybe, you? Maybe. No. Maybe All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. No, I'll always remember Chad. Uh, Chad's a good guy. He is. I like Chad. <laughs> what you over there? What you got going over there? Right? Well, I want to see if... Before? I'm not talking trash. Hey, you're not. <laughs> Sarah's talking. I love it. Just win, baby. The fight is next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the And it is time for the fight. And our fighter for the second day in a row is Chad. Chad, how you doing? I'm great today. How are you guys? Good. We're doing wonderful. You got uh, four of them I, correct yesterday. I, I, it, was a, it was a good day for me, but I feel like you guys have fired Randy up in the wrong direction. He's already <laughs> talking trash before we even started. He, he oh, you is. heard the song? Yeah, he's Uh-oh. ready to roll. Well, we'll see if you uh, are. I, 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 I see that. I see that. But I'm ready to go. <laughs> All right, here we go. Who's the last Cardinal starting pitcher to post a sub 3.0 ERA while starting at least 30 games? Is it Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, or Jack Flaherty? Adam Wainwright. Which Major League Baseball franchise owns the record for the most losses in the modern era with 120? Is it the Tigers, the Mets, or the Orioles? The Tigers. Major League Baseball legend Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. One of the many records he held was the longest tenure with one Major League franchise at 23 seasons. Which Hall of Fame Red Sox is the only player to equal that feat? Is it Dwight Evans, Carl Yastrzemski, or Ted Williams? Uh, It was Yaz, Carl Yastrzemski. Final question. Our recent guest, Jamie Rivers, was drafted by the Blues and set career highs in games played and points scored with the note with 24 points in 184 games. For which other franchise did he score double-digit double points in his career? Was it the Red Wings, the Islanders, or the Panthers? Oh, my gosh. Can we call him back really quick? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to Say the Islanders. That is a total guess. All right, we'll double check our score. We will bring in Randy Carricker. Chad, how you feel? Uh, it's about the same as yesterday. It's a, it's a, it's not as loud and oof. Okay, oh, okay. Well, maybe, maybe yesterday was better. Maybe today is. We don't know. Randy is. <laughs> uh, Randy's got a got a look to him today, though. I, I don't oh, know. He's fired up. Yeah, today. He, he came in. You, you can put the gloves down, Randy. You don't need those. We're not actually fighting. Okay. (laughs) Randy, say hello to Chad. Chad, good morning. How you doing? I'm good, Randy. By the way, I wanted to mention your speech to the NFL is one of my all-time favorite things. So I I just wanted to thank you for that because I I watched it again yesterday because I love it so much. So 
That is Thank you for it. very nice of you. Thank you very much. Little did we know that the, at the time that it was just a dog and pony show, but I've got a lot of response, and I really do appreciate uh, you all these years later bringing it up because it was it was uh, what, what we hoped would make a difference, all the people that spoke that at that town hall meeting, but it didn't matter. Yeah. All right, Randy, here we go. All right, let's who, do it. Who was the last Cardinal starting pitcher to post a sub 3.0 ERA while starting at least 30 games? Sub 3.0 while starting at least 30. Well, Wayno has done it. But I think we might have to go back to uh, 2014-ish. Um, hmm. I know Wayno will be on the on the list here. Uh, I'm trying to think. So 2015, maybe it had a walk. Uh, 2015 it was a great pitching staff. And you had Waka, Lackey, Lynn, Carlos, I think was below. Uh, and then 2016, 17, 18, they probably didn't have a guy. 19, probably not. So I think I am going to uh, roll the dice here on Michael Waka. Final answer? No. I'll oh. do the lifeline. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Where did that come from? Yeah, I'll do the lifeline. I was just Brad asking final answer. Yeah. Miles Michaelis, Adam Wainwright, Jack Flaherty. Okay. Uh, I think I'm, I I don't think Adam has done that since 2019. Flaherty was at 2.75 in 2019. I forgot about him. Miles, in his first year... Um, may have done it. But I think I'm going to go with Jack Flaherty with that 2.75 in 2019. I completely forgot about that. And he did make 30 starts. Okay, is that the final answer? That's the final answer, I was yeah. just asking to know just to make sure to go on. I wasn't okay. trying, to, trying to help. Anyways, which Major League Baseball franchise owns the record for the most losses in the modern era with 120? I believe it was the uh, 42 and 120. Well... Let's see. In the modern era. Yeah, it's um, the the expansion Mets lost 120. I don't think that the Tigers caught up to them in 2003-ish. I'm going to go with the Mets. Final answer? Final answer. Major League Baseball legend Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. One of the many records he held was the longest tenure with one Major League Baseball franchise at 23 seasons. Wow. Which Hall of Fame Red Sox is the only other player to equal that feat? Uh, that would have been uh, Carl Yastrzemski. With, uh, really, that's... Uh, well, I guess Willie played 24, Aaron played 24, but neither were... Uh, hold on here. Oh, I'm just counting here. How many years did Stan play? Uh, 41 to 63. So he only 22, right? 51, 61. Yeah, 62, 62. So, uh, yeah, Yastrzemski, 23. Our recent guest, Jamie Rivers, was drafted by the Blues and set career highs in games played and points scored with the note with 24 points in 184 games. Ooh, For really? which other franchise did he score double-digit points in his career? Okay, so uh, he played a lot with the Islanders. Played with the stupid Red Wings. He's probably still really ashamed of that. <laughs> He's, uh, he, Matthew yeah, says you don't. He think played they, with like a bunch of Hall of Famers and legends. Well, and, yeah, Brandy, here's the thing: I think he kind of respects they, that they, time. They sign your check. 
Yeah, that's uh, and that kind of weighs That more. ruins it? Yeah, it makes it better for the player. Mm. Got we, we got paid every Tuesday, so yeah, looking so, <laughs> looking forward to that. So why, why do you criticize him for being a Kroenke fan then? Hey, is Kroenke paying him? <laughs> that's why. Yes. <laughs> well, then, okay, I'll, I'll stop. I'll go with the Islanders. <laughs> Sorry, my job. Uh, Waiting on you, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Chad yesterday hit the jack. And he tried to get on the gauntlet, too. He unfortunately did not. I thought he was maybe going to go with a, a 101 sweep. But he had a clean sweep yesterday. Does he roll through round two? We have not had a Hall of Famer, Randy, in almost six months. The last one was early April of this year. You've only given up one in the last two years, by the way. So we've almost gone six full months since you've given one up. Does Chad have a chance on a Thursday to go for that to go for that Hall of Fame opportunity? Or did Randy shut him down here in round two? Ring. That bell. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. The fight is presented by Golf Discount of St. Louis with the most experienced club fitters in town. Why shop anywhere else? Just win, baby. <laughs> Sorry, there you go, Chad. He fortunately you heard Mr. Buck there. He beat you a four to two today in the fight. I uh, I know I was in trouble when he was talking trash beforehand. So, uh, yeah, so yeah. And because uh, you mentioned that day, I, I, I do have to say, Randy, Randy did beat you. So. <laughs> the Randy Chad from that day. There yeah, we go. Chad, thank you very much. Let's go through those questions and answers. Last Cardinal starting pitcher to post a sub 3.00 ERA while starting 30-plus games it was, in fact, Jack Flaherty in 2019. Adam Wainwright did it last in 2014, and Miles Michaelis did it just the year before the Jack Flaherty in 2018. Which MLB franchise owns the record for the most losses in the modern era with 120? The Detroit Tigers got to 119 in 03, so they are still behind the 1962 Mets with 120. 20 losses in one year. Major League Baseball legend Brooke Robin- Brooks Robinson passed away yesterday. One of the many records he held was the longest tenure with one MLB franchise at 23 seasons. It is, in fact, Yaz, the only other player who has done that, the Hall of Fame at Red Sox. Red Sox. I would call him Red Sox. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Um, our recent guest, Jamie Rivers, was drafted by the Blues and set career highs in games played and points scored with a note with 24 points across 184 games. It was, in fact, the Islanders in which he scored 17 points in one season. That is the highest other total for him with a franchise. So a 4-2 win for Randy Carriker in the fight today. Chad, thank you so much for joining the fight and joining the show. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Chad. Appreciate it. Good to have you listening and playing. It was uh, fun to have you with us. It was. It was a great fight from him yesterday. It was. was. Tremendous. Good job. Good try. (laughs) Coming up, we've got a bird watch for you here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. for the bird watch here on 101 ESPN. Brooke, Carrie, and Randy, and the Cardinals won last night, and uh, it's all sunshine lollipops at the moment. Mm. Brooke? Okay. It is. Kind mm. of. Ish. Kind of. Well, for mine, it is. There we go. Oh, oh there we go. Okay, for there mine, go. it is. <laughs> He doesn't want me to be positive. Is that what's going on yeah. here? I, we know that Rocchio doesn't like a positive bird watch. I was the one clapping about the win. 
<laughs> I was told, hey, whoa, whoa, we're not doing that here. Oh, we're doing that. about the wind, Brooke. Okay, yes. Uh, so my bird watch is going to be Richie Palacios. Let's get it. Let's go. Richie, 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 Richie. I like him a lot, guys. I think that he's exciting. I think he brings kind of a swagger about him. He just oozes confidence, I feel like, too. And I think with the way that he's playing too lately, I know he had a two-run double last night, and I thought this was interesting that Bally Sports Midwest brought up that he was 7-for-14 with runners in scoring. 7-for-14, he is 7-for-14 with runners in scoring position, and he's able to showcase some of his power, too. Seven of his last nine hits have been for extra bases, and even with the limited time that he's been here, five home runs, I mentioned the two RBI yesterday, but he has 14 RBI on the season right now. I feel like somebody he is somebody that has that confidence, even with some of the situational uh, hitting that we were talking about there. It's been limited, but I would love to see some more of it. He has to be in the mix to me when it comes to competing for something in spring training. Even if it's something off the mm-hmm. bench, I feel like he's a player that you would like to have around. And it seems like all the Cardinals players are gravitating towards him. I, I think he's a nice pickup. I didn't realize that he would be what he is, and mm-hmm. I kind of jokingly compared him to Willie Mays. Now it's not a joke anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's serious now? It's serious. Oh, okay. We, were, have, we, were, we were pretty thrilled about Oscar Mercado as well. We were, but this guy has all the tools. He dropped off. Yeah, yeah he, he dropped did. off yeah. a little bit. But there. Richie, is, he's done it for longer than Oscar has. And I just like his his toolbox. If you have that guy on the bench, and we're assuming that next year the starting outfield is going to be Newt Barr, yes. mm-hmm. uh, along with Edmund and Walker, and if he's out there with Burleson or Carlson or whoever it might be, the fact that he can come off the bench and run for you, that he mm-hmm. can hit a home run for you coming off the bench, he can field for you, he can play center field and, and both corner outfields. So everything about him, he can hit, hit for power, run, field, throw. He's a valuable guy to have on your team, especially if he's a bench player. Yeah, and outfielder, too, having that as an option, I think, is always good. So, so what would you pick, guys? Taylor Motter or Richie Palacios coming off the bench? Uh, Richie. Okay. Richie. Richie. Yes, exactly. Nothing against Motter. No, I've got my picture not. with Taylor. He's a great guy. But, no, I'd take Richie. Yes. I, I agree. So we were talking about what the the – season what the roster looks like mm-hmm. in 2024 who is on this roster who is not what moves would be made let's look at this catcher position because we we talked about this in the past the notion that Wilson Contreras may not be your your everyday catcher and Randy you think that they will have three catchers on the roster if that takes place I think I'm more comfortable with just having one one being Yvonne Herrera I don't know I think Andrew Kisner is is this is Pretty much a career year for him and what he's done uh, at the plate. He's done a fantastic job. One thing that he hasn't done, and I talked about it before, is throwing runners out. They're stealing and running on him, I feel like, at an alarming rate, which gives me a little bit of concern if he's going to be a person that is catching 80, 90, 100-plus games this in 2024. So for me, I like what Ron Herrera has done behind the plate, what he's done at the plate. And if you're not going to have Wilson Contreras as your everyday catcher, which – I still don't agree with. And I think it changed. I think there are so many things that have to take place or that could take place that lead you to maybe moving him to a DH role. Maybe Nolan Gorman, Nolan Gorman isn't here every day in that DH role. So I think it's going to be a domino effect to see how all of this plays out in terms of what the roster looks like, in terms of who's going to be here, who's not, what the pitching staff is going to look like, what you're going to have to give up in order to get some better pitching if you can't get it in free agency. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot of shakeup in this 2024 offseason, uh, going into the 24 season, it's going to be 
interesting just to see how it all plays itself out. I hope that the Cardinals, and I don't know how they're going to operate. They've tried to operate like the Dodgers, where they platoon a lot and they give mm-hmm. everybody a lot, a lot of opportunities and use their whole roster. And the Dodgers have had a lot of success with that. But the Braves have had a ton of success running the same eight guys out there all the time. Yeah. So I'd rather, with the Cardinals, I don't have any doubt that Newt Barr, Edmund, unless Carlson is here and I'll give him an opportunity to win a job. But Newt right now, I, I'm thinking that Newt Barr, Edmund Walker should be your everyday outfield. There's no doubt that a healthy Arenado and Goldie and Wynn are going to play every day. Mm-hmm. So that leaves second base, and I, I want my best defensive guy out there. So Brendan I'll do Donovan. that. Brendan and then, Donovan. Yeah, yes. for, for Brendan Donovan. And then the catcher situation is one where you can kind of mix and match. And the Braves actually do that with Darno and Sean Murphy. So I, my hope is is that the Cardinals emulate what the Braves have been rather than what the Dodgers try to do all the time. Yeah, I think and they're that, both successful. Yeah, I think that they try to do that with the outfield. And I know that there was some injuries this season and stuff too, but it just was not working out. Mm-hmm. There were so many log jams, and there wasn't anybody who was really rising to the top like I think that they were hoping to. And so it just felt like a constant competition, guys coming in and out, just a carousel essentially out there, and it just didn't work out. Right. I think it just all starts with finding out who's playing what, where, and and giving those guys an opportunity. We talked about it early in the season. I did not like the the rotation of everyone coming to the ballpark every day and not. Am I starting at second base, shortstop, outfield? Am I playing left field today? Where am I playing in this lineup? And and I think that causes you know confusion and and guys not knowing what their role is day to day. Give them an opportunity to go out there, be con- convicted in what they're doing, have success, and go do it the next day. Agreed. Guys, I know that there's people out there that just lead an angry life. But do me a favor this weekend and celebrate the career of Adam Wainwright. I know there are people out there that believe that Adam Wainwright returning to the Cardinals for 2023 is the face of why they were not good, which couldn't be further from the truth. There were a lot of things that contributed to the Cardinals not being good. Adam Wainwright is certainly part of it, but not the, the reason that the Cardinals were not good this year. But Adam Wainwright said yesterday to John Denton at STL Cardinals, at Cardinals.com, he said, quote, I literally, literally left everything I had out there. He did it for you. Last week in winning his 200th game, he had to have his back taped so that ribs wouldn't pop out of place. Uh, he's obviously given his arm. He's given his Achilles to you to try to provide you with a winning team over the years. I get that you might be predisposed to being mean and to being angry. But for the next couple of days, as Adam Wainwright closes down his career, I urge you to try to be happy and remember what this guy has done to make you a happier person by having the Cardinals win. Now, if you're a Cubs fan, then all bets are off. But if you're a Cardinal fan, I hope rather than complaining about 2023, that you're able to celebrate 2006 through 2022. I agree. I yeah. I think so. I mean, this has been such an incredible career for Adam Wainwright. And as you mentioned there, all the ailments that he has been through. I know I saw some people on social media being, you know, negative about that. This has not been a good season in general. Even if Adam Wainwright was performing like how he did, if you even take away that September of last season prior to that, if he was performing that way, that still wouldn't have changed things for the Cardinals this season. He is far from the issue for what we saw with the Cardinals this season. And I just think that it's a great time to celebrate this weekend everything that he's done and a great playing career. Yeah, the Cardinals are 13 games out of a playoff spot. (laughs) Adam Wainwright being 500 this year was not going to make the Cardinals a playoff team. No, absolutely not. So that's what I'm 
CNN. Adam's going to join us, by the way, at the bottom of the next hour. But coming up, we've got our Rush Hour Reset on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're recapping the biggest sports stories of the day on the Opening Drive with a Rush Hour Reset. I think 2024 is a watershed year for the Cardinals with the competition coming from St. Louis City SC with where baseball is right now. If the Cardinals are bad again next year, all of a sudden Cardinal Nation isn't Cardinal Nation. Mm -hmm. It's not the best fans in baseball. It's not three million a year. I think that's how important 2024 is for the Cardinals. Well, because then that proves that this is not just a one-off year that we're experiencing, that there's a lot of things that have been leading up to this point that is more on the organization. And ESPN put out last night, and I was telling you guys about this, is that this is the first time in 30 years that the Yankees, the Red Sox, and the Cardinals won't be in the postseason. That's amazing. The St. Louis Cardinals will come home with either 70 or 71 wins. And they're shooting for win number 70. They'll finish in last place in their division for the first time since 1990. 1990 is the last time they finished in last place in their division. And that's where they are locked into five games behind the Pirates with five games left to play. They are not going to uh, obviously be a playoff team. And I really do think that on a bigger scale, you need to look at what has happened at places like Cleveland, where they had great teams then they fell off and they quit drawing and they've had pretty good competitive teams, but they've never been able to get the fan base back. You look at Baltimore. Baltimore used to sell out every single game. They got bad for a while. They're back to being good this year, but they aren't drawing any fans. And Colorado is bad. Colorado's never going to get that fan base back. The, the fan base that was there at the beginning and made Coors Field such a great place to attend a game, that is gone forever now because of the competition for eyes in sports. And that's one thing that the Cardinals are in danger of right now. If you talk to, and Brooke, we were at an event a couple of weeks ago with a, a guy that had little kids, and he said, my kids are all in on the on SC. They're, yeah. mm-hmm. the, the, when you're cultivating a, a fan base, soccer is where it's at right now because all the kids play soccer and they're watching a team that's exciting and is winning. So if you have a sport that is inherently older anyway. The demographic is so dramatically different. The average MLB fan is 57 years old. The average MLS fan is 40 years old. It's really hard, even with the rules changes, for baseball to attract young fans now. If you're losing, there's no chance. Because because if if mom and dad and grandpa and grandpa aren't watching the team because it's bad, the kids aren't going to watch it. So you lose generations of fans. And if the Cardinals don't bounce back next year, if this isn't a one-off, then I really fear for them being able to be what they've been for the last 23 years. And you always have Cardinals fans, of course, that are just ingrained with the history. You can't take that away. So I think the fan base, of course, will always be passionate, always be there. But there is an expectation here in St. Louis of what you should be seeing from the Cardinals. And honestly, we haven't seen that in recent years. You know, I mean, even making the playoffs is hard. I completely agree with that. I know that it's not easy to do. But exiting in the first round of the playoffs is not something that fans want to be 
accustomed to. They're used to something more than that. And also seeing that you're getting the pieces to help build around them. Having Nolan Arnato and Paul Goldschmidt here and keeping them here is the biggest thing because I know that there was talks, even though we knew that it wasn't going to happen, but you could have tried to move Paul Goldschmidt. Now, mm-hmm. what would you have gotten in return? Who knows? I mean, these are all theoretical things, but if you're going to keep them here, then you need to give the pieces because that window is closing with those two. This just hit ESPN.com. David Schoenfield giving grades to every major league team, giving the Orioles, for example, an A+. One of six Fs go to the Cardinals. The Fs went to the Mets, the Rockies, the Angels, the A's, the White Sox, and the Cardinals. Schoenfield writes about the Cardinals. It was the first losing season under John Mosellock, who took over as GM in 2008, and it was well-earned. The Cardinals had talent, but didn't have a plan on how to deploy it, leading to eight different starting left fielders, five center fielders, eight right fielders, and a bunch of different shortstops and second basemen. Even if they had been smarter on the position player side of things, the rotation was a mess, and fixing that is the obvious off-season priority. In recent seasons, I thought an issue with the Cardinals is that they've been too content to build 90-wing clubs because that's usually making good enough in the NL Central. The risk is a 90-win team can fall apart a lot easier than a 100-win team, and that finally happened in 2023. The Cardinals are certainly in better shape than the other teams down here at the bottom, but they do have work to do. Wow. They, they do. Yeah. They, it, they have a lot of work to do, and, you know, it, it's it's just right now it's been – this has not been a great year, obviously. It hasn't gone well. It hasn't been fun to watch. And if you're the Cardinals, it, you, take notice because – in case I hope people were paying attention, that stadium was not packed. Nope. Mm-hmm. There were many games. It was a it was a it was a shame that Adam Wainwright won two hundred and it was not a full stadium in September. Pay attention to what's going on. Don't assume that uh, we're the biggest, baddest show in town and everyone's going to show up regardless because St. Louis Cardinal fans showed you throughout the season we can spend our hard-earned money in other places if you don't put a good enough product on the field. And this year is what we saw, a product that was not good enough to get butts in seats, to not get eyes tuned to the TV. There were not a lot of people interested in what was going on with the Cardinals because it wasn't good baseball. And so, as you said, Randy, they have St. Louis City is playing extremely well. That is a, a an environment that people are clamoring to get into because it's not as many seats. It's not as many uh, opportunities to see those games as it is Cardinals games. So, you should you should be watching and seeing how well you can get this offseason to get together to make sure that this team is a 95 plus win team next year not just an 88 89 90 win team tonight the cardinals have their final road night game of the season they'll take on the brewers in game two of a three-game series zach thompson against wade miley and that game starts at 6 40 on bally sports meanwhile earlier today jamie rivers joined us here on the opening drive he'll do that every wednesday and we're looking forward to that but he talked about Tory Krug's comments yesterday in which Krug said, hey, I want to be part of the solution here. I want to be in St. Louis, and that's why I turned down the trade to Philadelphia. I loved it. I honestly did. I thought it showed leadership, uh, accountability, all those things. Because, look, we were all talking about it, and then we have to continue to use the word allegedly because nobody really knows what happened. Well, Tory Krug took that right out of the air. What else do you want to hear from a player? That you know, We, we always talk about David Perron. Well, he just wanted to be a blue. He wanted to stay here. Well, now we've got Tory Krug that's saying the same thing. I want to be a blue. I want to stay here. So as far as I'm concerned, you know, it's all water under the bridge at this point. Uh, I was thrilled with what he said and how he said it. And I think the fans should love the fact that he said it that way. But now Tory Krug's got to go up there and play. He knows it. 
I 100% agree with what Jamie said in the comments. It's worth going back and seeing um, everything that Tory Krug said because, you know, he didn't have to address the media in that way. He wanted to address the media and make sure that he could clear the air with the fans because, of course, when you hear that maybe he's getting moved, we saw injuries have been a big part of his time here with the St. Louis Blues, even starting out the season with an injury that he's dealing with and kind of nursing right now. But he's saying all the right things, and I think he wanted the fan base to understand why he invoked his no-trade clause. And you can't get mad at a player for using his no-trade clause. That's kind of the purpose of it, right? And I I think I saw in there he has three children, and his wife just gave birth recently to their third. He wants to build roots here in St. Louis. He talked about that, but my biggest thing that I took away from it is that he also mentioned he believes the Blues can win now, and he doesn't want to go elsewhere to a rebuild. He thinks that the pieces that are here right now, that the Blues can win now, and that he can be a part of it. I think that's something as a fan, I love that. I want a player who wants to be here and sees that he can be part of the solution, hopefully. The biggest question, though, is will he be able to stay healthy? He also takes accountability for what took place last year, not playing well as a team and wanting to correct that, not wanting Mm -hmm. to run away from, you know, what he he, – they helped start this mess. He wants to be part of the cleanup, not watch someone else clean it up while he's in another city playing uh, for another team. So you have to take your hat off to that as well. He made a decision, and I I think a lot of fans were frustrated by it. But as you said, when you are – able to get a no-trade clause into your contract. That means you've done some pretty good things up until that point. So he, he exercised it. He wants to be here. He wants to make sure that this 24 season, 23-24 season, is much better than last season because uh, they, they just weren't good enough defensively for my take. No, they were not. Like, they have man. to be better. And better as individuals and better as a unit. Blues and Blackhawks tomorrow night. That's a 6.30 pregame here on 101 ESPN. By the way, today, tonight, we're going to have baseball. This is a big one for you. The Mariners and the Astros pregame at 8 here on 101 ESPN. It's amazing to look at that division because it's up and down all the time. Uh, speaking of the American League West, right now the Rangers have a two-and-a-half game lead over Houston and a three-game lead over Seattle. But those two teams, Houston and Seattle, also involved in the wild card race. Right now Houston leads Seattle by one-half game. So... A victory by Seattle last night would vault them past Houston and into the wild card advantage, the third wild card team in the American League. You can hear that game tonight, 8 o'clock pregame, Mariners and Astros here on 101 ESPN. That is our Rush Hour Reset. Next up, we've got Rock and Roll and then Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno at the bottom of the hour here on the opening drive. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. And Wainwright coming up in about 10 minutes, but right now it's time for Rock and Roll here on 101 ESPN. Matthew, what do you got for us? I just I wanted to get back to uh, something we were talking about earlier. In the 730 segment, we were talking about you know bad, bad quarterbacks, bad teams. Mm-hmm. And Kerry mentioned something when we asked about Kenny Pickett in that, you know, is he holding the team back or as, as a lot of Pittsburgh Steelers fans would agree, and as Kerry brought up, is there a coaching issue with the offensive coordinator in Matt Canada? My question, I just I just want to know, what 
tells you if you're what watching Canadians football teams. know about the no, NFL? No, 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 not, not that at all. That's <laughs> not going to take a shot at Canadians. Randy? Oh, yeah, they're, they're only, uh, but that's yeah. 10 yards long. Yeah, is, that's what, okay. is that why the Steelers' offense sucks? Is because their wide receivers can't take a running start at the line of scrimmage? Maybe. No, 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 real question. Where is the line that tells you that it's a problem with the offensive coordinator as opposed to an offense that isn't executing that offensive coordinator. Like what, what are the, t- I'm not saying that it's a hundred percent guarantee, but so, what are the telltale signs for you when you're watching an offense that, that one, it's on this side of the line yeah. players or this side of the line coaching third down. I mean, if you are unable to come up with a, if you're always in third and long, then you're probably doing something wrong schematically. If you are unable to get a first down on third down, you're probably doing something schematically. Um, I talked about the offensive line being an issue in terms of the running game, but you also have to have a commitment to running the football, which I don't know that the Steelers have a commitment to doing it. It's almost like, oh, we got two yards. Okay, we'll abandon that for the next four plays. We'll run some shallow crosses. You have to have a commitment. You have to be uh, creative in trying to get your guys the football. And I think that's what it all boils down to is I don't care what type of offense you run, your guys have to get the ball. George Pickens has to touch the ball. He needs eight to ten targets. Really, without Deontay Johnson, you probably need to be throwing it to him like they do in in Las Vegas to Devontae Adams. Throw it to him 15 times. What's the worst that can happen? Um, Allen Robinson is not a guy that you necessarily need to get the ball to. You throw it to him when he's open. Pat Fryer needs to have seven to, to ten targets every single game. And Najee Harris needs to run the ball 20 to 25 times. 25, please. And if you do that and throw it to him out of the backfield a few times, you're going to have more success. They aren't doing well enough on first and second down, which gets them to third and long, and then they're not converting on third downs, which leads to me to believe that offensively they got some 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 growing up to do both on the on the field and in the box. And and Randy, just your your thoughts on Najee Harris's running style, really? What what why, why do you think twenty five carries really benefit him? Well, he's one of those guys that just <laughs> he gets going. He, he gets rolling as the game goes along. So you need to give him as many carries as possible so that, so that he can get uh, Kyler's film room a little bit more. <laughs> more points, little oh, bit more so love. this this, this is, might be this like a, selfish. It'll be oh, oh, selfish for yourself. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Trying to this, is, this is about analysis. Randy. Yeah, oh, okay. totally. As an aside. I loved the fourth and one bomb that the Raiders threw the other it night. It was beautiful. Play mm-hmm. action. I, I don't. I, I wish more coaches would do that. I thought it, it was awesome. It takes guts to mm-hmm. do that because if you don't get it, then everyone's criticizing. Why didn't you just <laughs> run the ball? Right. <laughs> and you you throw it deep. No one in the world, including the DBs, are expecting it. And so and you get a touchdown out of it. I I love it. That makes me think. Actually, Carrie, you're a guy who calls plays and obviously was an offensive guy. When you see a team. They're not down by a lot. It's just regular game situation, you know, tie game, maybe down by a field goal. They get a second and one, and they decide to just get the first down. Does it does, does not taking the shot when you get that kind of down in distance, does that bother you? It depends on the offense, and it depends on the team. If you have a team that is explosive and you know third down, we're going to get a yard. If you have a team that I really need second, Every third, first down and maybe <laughs> fourth down to get this first down, I'm getting the damn first down. I, it, it just depends on who you have under center and who you have in the backfield and on the outside. It's not it's not a uh, one-size-fits-all type of solution. Every team has to do what's best for their team, and uh, some teams need to <laughs> just pick up that first down and have a new fresh set of downs so they can go forward. And some teams, like the like really good teams, can take a chance on – well, the Raiders aren't a really good team, but take a chance on third and one and fourth and one and, and throw the ball deep. Here's I, when you know I you're good. To do that. And I think it was 2001 – Martz was still pissed at Rodney Harrison for tearing up Trent, Trent Green's knee. 
And so he threw on Harrison 17 straight times to open the game against the Chargers, and they put up 57. For 17 straight throws, most of them to Rodney over Rodney Harrison's head. As you should. <laughs> yeah. It, it held a grudge. It cannot be easy to game plan 17 throws attacking a safety. <laughs> That's like, you're like, you got to go oh, to 15 yards deep. And you're, like, you're going downfield every play. Yeah. Google 2007 Steelers versus the That's a fair uh, point. That's a fair yeah, point. That's a fair yeah, point. That's, that's that my a, bad. Sorry about that, Gary. Yeah, really, a little PTSD bad. there. Oh, man, he was going at my guy. <laughs> um, he, he was going at him. That's so funny. Couldn't oh. even find him on the all 22. Man, he was so deep on that damn film. <laughs> <laughs> did, did, we thought we played 10 on 11. <laughs> no, that's how we, so that's how we got beat. He was so deep on that field, you could not even see him. That's it was like, we got 10 guys on the field. Oh, okay. Well, there he is. I imagine Anthony Smith isn't able to get away with a lot of conversations with his old Steelers teammates without somebody making yeah, a joke about that. We, we all, you know, we all have <laughs> our gonna, days. You're going to catch some hell from that. But speaking of catching some hell, usually I try to avoid things that come out of the X account of Darren Rovell. But a few days ago, he put out something that was actually just too too awesome for me to, to, to ignore. And that was that the Iowa State uh, has four football players who recently signed a joint NIL deal. Those players' names, Tyler Moore, Tommy Hanman, Miles Purchase, and Caleb Bacon. Hold on a second. I'm gonna re. I'm gonna re. I'm gonna reformulate those. Miles Purchase, Tyler Moore, Tommy no. Hammond, and Caleb Bacon purchase have been Moore, signed by the Iowa Pork oh. Producers Association, so wow. that you can purchase more ham and bacon. bacon. That right that. there is the greatest is so NIL good. deal that I've is. ever heard. That I love that. that. Almost that as good as General Booty with his underwear line. That's another really good yeah. one. I yeah. love. I love that these are aren't just like hey. I'm famous player from Alabama, and you should no. come down to this car car dealership to get your car because that's how we go fast on the field. It's not like some like really <laughs> dumb stuff like that. It's people are being like clever, and and these are also like you said the, the booty the booty, general booty yeah the general yeah, booty underwear, underwear one. Yeah. This one I just purchased more ham and bacon for the Iowa Pork Producers Association. I want to drive a few hours north to <laughs> Iowa and just buy their pork products because they earned my business on this one. I'm sure they ship it. I mean I don't. I know. And you know what? I, I hope they that. do. It's brilliant. Yeah. God, awesome. I, that's my, it's my, the favorite that's thing I've smart. ever seen in my entire life. And, Carrie, I need to get your thoughts on this one. Jabari Parker is playing over in Barcelona, by the okay. way. You didn't know that. I did not. Well, uh, he has some thoughts here. He says that the NBA is watered down, and he just pointed out that the reason he left the NBA and went to Barcelona is because he wants to be part of a league where every game matters. Sadly, the NBA is a business, and there are 12 to 10 teams that try to win every game, and the other half try to get a draft pick. Where does that leave good players? You either have to be super good or bad to lose games. There's no excuse to see DeMarcus Cousins, Dwight Howard, or John Wall or those guys who are potentially going to the Hall of Fame not being able to find a job in the NBA. That last part I agree with. It, some parts, it, that was a weird take on from Jabari Parker. I, I don't know that Barcelona basketball is better than the NBA. <laughs> they care more there, <laughs> though. They I, care I, I, more. Uh, okay, it, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe they do. Maybe they don't. However, I do believe that if an NBA, if an NBA team were to call Jabari Parker right now, he would be back in the NBA. He'd be great for a bad team. He'd be great for for it yeah. would be great for him on any team. I'm certain. Yeah. So you know you you, it's not like he. Here's the thing. Nobody he didn't choose 
the, the Barcelona over care. the NBA. Yes, he did, though. No, he did There's not. There's no place for good players. It's just either super good or so, bad. So which one is he? He's good. That's why there's no place for him in the NBA. We've got Adam Wainwright coming up here on 101 ESPN. Wednesdays with Wayno on the way next. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Wednesdays with Wayno on the opening drive. We're talking life, baseball, and what's happening at Big League Impact with Cardinals pitcher Adam Wainwright. Wednesdays with Wayno is presented by Scott Lee Heating Company, a proud Mitsubishi Electric Elite contractor. I prepared for that last game with to prepare to go into that, thinking I had three more starts, you know, and... Uh, I think what actually happened was I won the the last game that I could have won. He got him. 87 and sinking. Wainwright has his third strikeout. He's got four shutout innings under his belt. Popped him up. Edmund is out. Adam Wainwright, welcome to the 200 win club. But this year, um, this year pitching is is officially done. That is the voice of Adam Wainwright, who joins Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis and Randy Carricker now on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. Adam, of course, the great Cardinal right-hander and the founder of Big League Impact. And Adam, first of all, good morning. How are you doing? I'm doing good, Randy. How are you? I'm doing well. And congratulations on a great pitching career. And uh, I said, once you got to 200, I said, man, what a great way to go out. Was there any thought, and it doesn't sound like there was a physical ability, on your part to pitch again after you got to 200? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. And a lot of people wanted me to be done it, including my teammates and staff. And they're like, dude, it just doesn't get better, you know? And I'm, I'm thinking, what happens if I throw no hitter next time? You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I said that to Steven Matz. I go, dude, he goes, dude, just, just, that's it, man. That was good. you like, you don't have to prove anything else. And I go, dude, look, I've got two more starts, right? They're paying me to have two more starts. I've, I've told them I would, I would pitch this whole season. I've, you know, I feel like I've let him down a lot of different ways. And, you know, um, I pitched good last game and time before that against two really good teams. And I feel like, you know, if I can, I should because that's just setting a good example. You know, like I, I just didn't want it to be – I got my number. Congratulations to me. You know, see you all later. hope you have a good rest of the season. I, I didn't want it to, to be like that, you know. And and, uh, and so it wasn't like that because I thought, you know, to, uh, to try to – go back out there and <laughs> I'll even when I Ollie, Ollie pulled me in the office the other day he goes hey look I think you made your last pitch like I, I don't there's nothing else you need to do we know you're you're hurt and it's it looks like it's you know hurting worse now and I said hey let's just just let me play catch just don't make any decisions just let me go out there and play catch one more time and and you know we just don't need to jump the gun on this right like what's the rush and so uh I went out and and tried to play catch, and he's he's looking at me, and he's just dying laughing. And I said, "What?" And he's like, "Dude, it I can tell it's horrible. Like it just is, it's not good, right?" And I'm like, "Hey, I've got through worse, you know." And he's like, "But that's the point. Like, why do you want to get through worse? Like, you don't need to try to do this anymore. Like, it's good." And I'm like, 
Ollie, like just just wait a second. It might loosen up, you know. <laughs> I just, you know, I just not a quitter, man. Like I just, you know, and I don't want to start that precedent now. And uh, I didn't want our young guys to look at me and, and, and resent that. And and uh, I had to, I, at least I had to try, you know. And um, it's just, it's just, it's, <laughs> no matter what I think, you know, it just didn't work. Like my arm, I got done. I got, I got out to like sixty feet, and the ball looked like I was ra- you know throwing rainbows in there and I couldn't get my hand above my shoulder barely and so I'm going alright what does that look like I wonder and I look over and I go hey what does that look like to our bullpen coach and he goes yeah you, you've been better before <laughs> <laughs> well it sounds like you're at peace though with this decision right well because you know if because I tried you know I I tried to do it and I couldn't do it. And there's no way I could have made my last start. Uh, it's just no possible way I could have done it. You know, I would have loved to have, and, and no matter what anyone else thought, like, Oh, all right, he got his number, get him out of there. Like whatever that I wasn't listening to any of that. I had a job to do and the job wasn't over yet. And, and it wasn't going to like time to go home until the job was done, you know? And, uh, and, and so, I had to at least try for for my own sanity, for my own personal, you know, looking back on it going, did I leave everything I had out there? <laughs> and you know what, man? Like I literally I literally left every single thing that I had out there. Adam, I was googling some things and and I read that you and Kwame Brown went to middle school and grade school together, former first round pick of the uh, Washington Wizards. Yeah, in elementary school. Yep. In elementary school. Yep. So mm-hmm. back back in Georgia, if I were to tell you, you're sitting there with Kwame, you all are just discussing life. If I were to tell you that that 12-year-old young man, you're going to play 18 years in the major leagues uh, for one organization, what would you have said? Um, well, if you told me that we both would have done that, I'd have believed I would have done it. I wouldn't believe you would have done it. <laughs> I was pretty cocky as a kid, but, um, no, I, the, the thing about Kwame was Kwame was, you know, Kwame wasn't, Kwame was one grade below me and, uh, Kwame and I played a lot of basketball together and, and Kwame was about my height, maybe one inch taller than me. And then, you know, I was growing two inches a year from eighth grade on. I grew two inches every year. And I don't know how many inches a year that dude grew, but <laughs> Kwame and I were the same height in eighth grade. And then when when I went to when I went to freshman year, and he was in eighth grade, you know, I was I was six one, and uh, all of a sudden he was six three in eighth grade. And then next year I was six three, and all of a sudden he was six four, six five, and I'm like, dang, this dude, because you know. I, his brother Tarek was about six five, six six, and his brother Tabari was uh, six seven or six eight, and played basketball at Jacksonville, Jacksonville University. And, and his little brother Hakeem played football for us, uh, running back and linebacker, big strong guy, not as tall but a big strong guy. Um, and then you know when I, by the time I got to my senior year, Kwame was shoot, he was six ten, six eleven, and uh, you know had just man strength already. It was like, Whoa, dude, you know, but looking back on it, he was always, he was always really strong. I mean, eighth, eighth grade, I didn't have a muscle on me. And he had, I remember him lifting me up over his head, just <laughs> goofing around. He, I was like, Oh my goodness. That family was really, really athletic too. There's just, uh, 
just good genes over there. Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN and Adam, as you know, and you've handled the tough questions here on the show over the years, and we really do appreciate you confronting some of the big issues facing <laughs> America and uh, and our world. Um, so, what's your take on Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift? <laughs> <laughs> I saw a funny picture too of uh, of of Swift and Kelsey from the Eagles standing next to each other, and somebody said, "Wait." These guys are dating. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, look, I, I think, you know, I'm always rooting for people who are in the limelight. Like, I'm, like since I've been a kid, Jennifer Aniston was always my, my number one girl. Like, I couldn't, you know, I, I just couldn't fathom the idea of her not having a husband, right? Like, it just broke my heart kind of because she seemed like such a sweetie and so beautiful. And, and the same way with Taylor, you know, she was, she's 32, 33, something like that. And uh, she's an absolute rock star, top of her game, you know, selling out stadiums. I think she even turned down the Super Bowl because, um, like, every show she, she does is, like, as big as the Super Bowl. So it's like, you know, who cares? But um, And then you got Kelsey, who's about the same age and top of his game and huge stud, Super Bowl champ and best tight end in the game by far. And I'm thinking, yeah. That makes sense to me. Like those are two great looking, good looking people, and two huge studs. Like, why not do that? I, you know how I think. Did you see the video of how she might have got out of the suite the other day? Yes, we were talking about that earlier. Popcorn machine, right? She was a hundred percent inside that popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> she had to have been right. Yeah, and so next time they got to do a deke move and put her, you know, not put her in the popcorn machine and reel her out of there and get everyone to follow the popcorn machine, they can reel her out the back. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that kind of plays into a little bit of somebody else is having a concert this weekend, right? Um, I think it might be you. So this will be a big weekend for you, uh, kind of a preview of life after baseball, right, as you get ready for your concert this weekend. Where are the nerves and feelings going into that? Well, good thing Taylor, you know, found a man before that because then I don't, you know, I just don't want her to watch me and come knocked on the door. I'm married. <laughs> I got five kids. I'm, you know. um, no, I, I, the nerves will be there for sure. I mean, I was, you know, just in the hotel room practicing on like about quarter volume last night. Just, you know, you get into those moments and uh, the things that you've practiced and sang and played a lot. When you look up at the crowd, you know, you might forget the words or something and you're like, oh, my gosh. And you know, that was the same way with the anthem. That's like my main thing is, like, dude, I've heard this anthem every day of my life for the last 24 years. It's like, don't forget the anthem words. Right. So uh, got through that. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm going to get through it. But I also feel like I'm going to be shaking nervous uh, because um that's a little outside my element to just jump into 50,000 people, but we'll, we'll see, man. Like I've, you know, I've performed in front of our great crowd for a long time. Um, but I always had a baseball in my hand. Maybe I'll go out there with a baseball in my hand and maybe that'll make me feel <laughs> more normal. Adam, when we were in the locker room every year, Heinz Ward around week 12, 13 would just start shouting through the locker room. Hey, end of the season, make sure you all are saving your checks. We don't have them, but a few left, uh, you're coming mm-hmm. towards the end of the season end of a career what what parting advice do you have for some of those younger players uh as they continue on for 2024 and and the rest of their careers (laughs) i think it's kind of the opposite almost um i'm always preaching in our guys especially lately like hey make sure you take care of these guys who are 
taking care of you in the clubhouse. You know, make these clubhouse attendants that are running into your car left and right and hustling left and right, washing your underwear and your smelly socks and, <laughs> you know, cleaning off your stinky shoes and all that stuff. Make sure you take care of them. And the guy that's giving you a massage every single day of the whole season, I'm like, dude, hey, you tipping this guy, man? Like, I had a conversation with one of our guys the other day. Hey, you tipping this guy? Because, you know, if you were going to a spa to get a massage, as many times as you get a massage, like, <laughs> you better be tipping this guy, right? And so, like, same thing with our training staff and all our chefs who did such a good job. And, you know, it's uh, it's just important to take care of people. Um, otherwise, I think, you know, just making sure they they, they take the time to, to to prepare, you know, make sure you go into every each and every outing and every game prepared and make sure you're, you're – uh, you're, you're working hard, at least hard enough when you look back and you go, man, I wish I would have just w- worked a little bit harder in this. Like, never have that regret. You know, those are the things I'm always preaching. But um, the money, you know, if you play well, the money will take care of itself. Adam, I don't know if you've gone this far yet. I know you've done a lot of reflecting, but and you have more reflecting to do. But in your baseball career, from the time you were drafted by the Braves until today, what are you most proud of? And this can be on or off the field. Uh, well, certainly, um, proud of my family and proud of proud of uh, my kiddos for growing up like they are, and proud of my wife for being such a champion for for me and my kids and my career, and um, proud of proud of the charity work we've been able to accomplish, and you know, still. Somebody asked me yesterday, like, is Big League Impact gonna? going to go away now that you're done. I'm like, dude, no, that doesn't die with me, man. That's, that's off and running. We, we just set it in motion. And they're certainly proud of some of those things or Berta Clemente award coming with it. You know, that that's the thing I, I really going to remember. Um, but, uh, you know, as far as personally on the field, there's, there's a lot of things that, that I feel like I, I did to the best I possibly could. There's some things I feel like, gosh, I wish I could go back and just play that season one more time. The way I felt, I should have done better. And but you know, I have no regrets, um, no regrets at all. And and everything that that happened or or didn't happen led me to exactly where I'm at right now. And and uh, I just feel nothing but blessed to be able to do it in St. Louis for as long as I have. And got to play catch to the best catcher of all time for a long time. I've always said that'll be one of the things I'm the most proud of, and and that that hasn't changed today. Well, and as we mentioned earlier, we know that you threw your final pitch, but I think a lot of people want to know, and I know you were asked a lot about this yesterday, will we see you at the plate this weekend? If you could just give us maybe a percentage or just the feeling of it, what what are you thinking? I think that... There is a strong possibility that you will see me at the plate if the situation presents itself. You know, um, if the Reds are coming down to the final moment, still fighting for playoffs, I don't know if they still are. I think they are. Um, and uh, the right moment presents itself, then it would be cool. And I think it's very, very possible. Um, you know, they got a position player on the mound. That would be even better. I feel like I could take that guy deep for sure. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, a strong possibility that the fans will get to see me out on the field at least one more time. Love to hear that. Hey, what are you going to be doing next week? The, the regular season ends for you. And uh, so what, what are you going to do, Adam Wayne, right? 
I will be on TV again. Um, my wife joked the other day, like, yeah, you just had one job for almost your whole <laughs> life, and now you're just going to jump right into another job. Great. Lucky me. Um, I will be uh, broadcasting the ALDS. Um, so, on what network? Yeah. With Fox. Beautiful. Good. Mm-hmm. And you've kind of built a little little home there over the last few years, haven't you? Yeah, this will be the third time I've done it with them. They asked me to do it last year, too. Um, and I had I had, had some almost with uh, some other organizations, TBS and uh, MLB Network and ESPN. But they, you know, they those guys book their their playoff groups way in advance. I think they were counting on me once we started kind of getting out of the the playoffs. I think they were kind of holding a spot for me, which I appreciate it, Fox. That's awesome. Hey, Adam, uh, I've told you this before, but it, it it means a lot to me now because I just turned 61. I've lived my entire life in St. Louis, and I spent my entire life as a Cardinal fan. And I asked you what makes you proud. I am so proud that you have represented my favorite franchise and my city so well. It's amazing what you've done for St. Louis and for the Cardinals. And I am so proud that you spent your career with the birds on the bat. Yeah, thank you, Randy. I, I am too. And um, just uh, you know, getting traded to the Cardinals in 2000, the end of 2003 before the 2004 season, that is uh, <clears throat> that's something that will always go down as one of the highlights of my life and one of the the turning points for me that that it ended up being just one of the best things that could have ever happened. I mean, it just couldn't have been. I could have been traded to 29 other teams, and luckily I was. 28 other teams. And luckily I was traded to um, maybe the best organization from top to bottom my entire career that there's, that there's ever been. I mean, I just uh, couldn't be more proud to be a Cardinal. Couldn't have, couldn't have worked out better for me. Couldn't have worked out, you know, I feel like it worked out for the team too. So it's a great, great relationship we've had over the years. And, and uh, I just, you know, like you said, man, I'm proud to have, have called this home. I, I get I get a lot of comments from people who are who are probably about you know close to 30, 20, low 20s, mid 20s and almost up to 30 um that say look I, I don't remember the Cardinals without you <clears throat> without you being on it. So um glad to have been here for for as long as I have to to share memories with a lot of people for sure. Enjoy this last trip and have a great uh, homestand. It's going to be so fun to thank you over the course of the weekend. We'll see you on Sunday. And, uh, again, thanks for all you've done for us here on the opening drive and with Michelle and I over the last few years when it was Carriker and Swalman. And I know that we'll be talking in the future. Yeah, thank you, guys. Thanks thanks for always hosting me on Wednesdays with Wayno. This might be the final Wednesdays with Wayno ever. So, um Appreciate the time, and, and also thanks to Rawlings and Valley Sports and Boondocks Pub. And, oh, and Patios um, for for all the for opening the doors and, and making Big League Impact just be very successful this year. We've had a great year, and it's thanks to a lot of people like them and like you, Randy, and and uh, and your team over there. And um, y'all just do a great job. And you've 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 you were look, and you were gentle to me this year when times you could have not been. So. <laughs> So I appreciate that also, man. Y'all, I, I've loved y'all, and it seems like um, y'all were always great to me. So thanks so much. You got it. Thanks, Adam. Take care. Have a great day. 
Adam Wainwright, Wednesdays with Wayno on 101 ESPN. We'll have another Wednesdays with Wayno, I promise. It, we'll make it happen. Yeah, he'll because he, he's still going to do, we're still going to do the fantasy football. I didn't even mention you. He, he talked about being gentle. He's 0 3. So, I, <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't want to bring wow. that up. But there, wow. He, he's still going to do the fantasy football with Big League Impact. He's still going to mm-hmm. do swing for impact over at Top Golf. So, we'll be talking to Adam. And it's, uh, I don't know if that had been made official yet, but he will be on Fox. That's where he'll be doing his television for the foreseeable future. And he's told us before, he's going to be doing games during the regular season too. Yeah. So, so now you know via radio. Now that's not much of a break, right? I mean, no. that's, that's a quick turnaround there. <laughs> right, right into it. And he'll do great. Coming up, we're going to head down the stretch of this edition of The Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. You're back to The Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Thanks to Adam Wainwright for joining us. You'll be able to hear that interview on our app or on our website, 101ESPN.com. It'll be up after the show, and it's all brought to you by Dobbs Tired Auto Center. We do thank you for uh, tuning in. And I don't know that we'll have a better regular guest ever than Adam Wainwright. As Tony LaRusso would say, he'll be tied for first forever. Yeah, that's always tough. And he's always been so open and willing to talk throughout the season. So it's going to be tough. Yeah. Open, honest. You know, just even when things weren't going great, yeah. he still had uh, still here showing and, up every day. And we were never going to we were never going to say to him or ask him, why do you think you deserve to be on the Cardinals? Why did you come back? Why did you? Well, are you still do you feel like you're stealing money from the Cardinals? <laughs> we, we weren't going to ask. No. Here's the thing. Most people aren't going to ask that to the person themselves. They'll say it. When on nobody, social media, yeah, yeah. Uh, and when that's they don't about have it. To be confronted by said person. Well, yeah, and he's such a nice guy. Why would you want to be mean to Adam Wainwright? Uh, mm-hmm. Some people have a mean spirit. Right? That's true. Randy, yeah. you're forgetting that the people who said that he stole money from the Cardinals have never, ever wasted a moment of their employer's time. Oh, never of course a not. moment. They I give a hundred percent every day, and they've never gone to the bathroom on company time. Nope. They never taken a personal phone call. Nope. You cannot forget no that these off. people, Randy. These people who are saying they are perfect. Of course Gosh, they are. And that's why they're the only ones allowed to yes, say that yes, because they're true. perfect. Oh, yes. So that's it. <laughs> you make a great point. That yeah. is a great point. <laughs> a great uh, hump day we had here in the opening drive. Thank you to our producer and audio engineer, Matthew Rocchio. Good job. Pleasure. Great questions on the fight today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what, you know what Randy? I should, I sh- I'm, I'm sorry for the lack of WNBA questions. I know. I, Connecticut Sun. I said that. That's I said, fault. where are the WNBA questions and, and uh, women's tennis questions? I like having a job. Uh, <laughs> oh. so. Come on. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, he knows how much juice I have. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Brooke, was this fun? This was fun. How yes. about that? <laughs> Guy, you think that guy knows? He couldn't know. How about, no. how about that guy? No. <laughs> he couldn't know. He couldn't know. <laughs> no, no clue. CD. Show us your face. We want to see your face. Who said that? You want to see my face? Hey, and we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. T-Mac and Ajax coming up with a balloon party for all of us until tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.